I know that this song, this movie has literally a song called the Austin Powers theme song, but this, if I were to pick the James Bond type song out of this movie, it is Quincy Jones' Soul Boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, so good. It's so iconic. And and even like when, the way they use it in this, this movie, Austin Powers, uh, I thought really effective, really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, all right, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Double O Deep Dive, uh, pop culture's pros home for everything 007 James Bond, and 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 at this point, spy related stuff. You know, we yeah. decided we're, we're getting into the Avengers, we're going deep into things soon. There's a cat suit involved, we're in it, we're in it. Oh, a, a zip up right. cat suit, like you know, you need a zip up cat suit, mm-hmm. and that's you know, this movie has a zip up cat suit, so. Kudos to you, Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us live uh, on the Facebook, whether you're joining us Memorex. Uh, it's still a joke no one gets, but I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, on uh, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you download your podcast. I know we're on um, Apple, we're on iTunes. Uh, I think we're on, I don't know, are we on Stitcher? Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Maybe Stitcher. we should get on Stitcher. That's how I got in a podcast. Someone told me to download oh. Stitcher. I did. Done. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have Stitcher. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Never from ignore me. I have a subscription. <laughs> I was like, what app is Stitcher? What streaming oh, yeah. service? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm your host, as always, uh, Jason. Uh, or my name today, because I wanted to create an Austin Powers type henchman oh, name, gosh. Oddball McClure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a henchman name, I assume. It's an Austin Powers henchman name. Because I don't think this wouldn't even pass in the Roger Moore era. Oh, no. But in the Austin Powers, like, and I'm not talking about first Austin Powers. I'm talking like Austin Powers 4, you know, <laughs> Austin Powers, the search for more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the search for relevancy. The search for relevancy, yes. <laughs> for Mike Myers. Austin Powers for the redemption of Mike Myers. The redemption of Mike Myers. <laughs> Oh, but and with me as always, uh, my co-host, my partner in crime, the Bond girl to my Bond villain, mm. uh, Ginny. Ginny, how are you? I'm good. Crazy week, but uh, watching Austin Powers has been a treat. Was it? It's a wonderful uh, a little throwback. I'm, I'm glad. You, I'm glad you like this, and I'm excited to talk to you about it today. Uh, but before I do, Ginny, something important. It's your birthday. I wanted to wish yeah. you on air. Happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks so much. It was a chill day. It was rainy. But again, I just I went to the movies by myself, which is wonderful. Which was and awesome. Had sushi, drinking a glass of uh, rosé because it's summer. And yeah, love and life. Love and playing with my children. Perfect day. Fantastic. I'm happy to hear that, uh, that you had a great day. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, again, thanks for joining us. I actually see a comment, and uh, I'm going to say, "Happy <laughs> gaming." You are correct when you guessed the exact moment I gave up on Austin Powers Goldmember. It was, in fact, when Goldmember himself came out and uttered the the famous catchphrase, <laughs> "I love, I love gold." That was Damn. exactly the moment I gave up. So thank you for chiming in with that. <laughs> 
because that was that was a low point in um but uh Ginny, can you um I, I I actually realized I did I messed up something here on the Facebook uh that I'm trying to do because <sighs> god damn I where's my Q branch? Eddie, uh, where's my Q branch? I just back. I just I just promoted Eddie's show for the Yankees under hours because I clicked the wrong mm. thing. So Ginny, can I ask you to vamp for maybe just absolutely two while I mm. fix this? Well, I had to go back and really think about all the Roger Moore movies that we've watched. And I was not going to rewatch all of them again, but <laughs> I am excited. I, I also am very, ha- you know, I'm happy that we're talking about Roger Moore. And I have a new appreciation for Roger Moore. I think kind of reviewing all of our movies, um, man. Cause I, I don't know. I just, I think I took them for granted a little bit and I, you know, haven't seen, I used to, again, I used to marathon these movies, him, especially the Sean Connery and Roger Moore movies during the month of July on Spike TV during their spy in July uh, marathons, if anyone remembers, yeah, I remember that. which is I remember coming, up to, that. coming up to July. <laughs> so I'm excited to start the Sean Connery movies, which are perfect, uh, perfect July watching. Um, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. I am, man, I've got, I think my, uh, a lot of my, I think I had uh, strong opinions on Roger Moore movies much, um, you know, again, from years ago, uh, sort of my own uh, preconceived notions or sort of what I uh, kind of, you know, formed later or before rewatching them again. And I think, I don't know, maybe just musing on them, talking with you guys. I I think I have, I don't know, I think there's my orders are going to be a little staggered, weird. I'm going to have interesting views now. Um, I, ha- I have to admit that I'm with you. Like I, I've always, I was, I've always been up front. Roger Moore is not a guy I really, I never really loved his era of James Bond's. Uh, I didn't really have an appreciation for it outside of, you know, The Spy You Love Me, which I think mm-hmm. I said up top is like top three James Bond of all time for me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, watching this with you and 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 our guests and Ed, uh, I, I kind of do, like, I don't hate, I only hate Moonraker at this point. I thought I hated a lot more of the <laughs> run. And I'm kind of like, I love two of them. I think some of them are fine. And I hate one of them. I'm curious because I don't, I don't, and I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, I, I, I wonder if I'm going to feel the same way with some Sean Connery movies that I, I yeah. sort of almost are like have no opinion or I kind of don't care about them or or they're they're I have I'll have like they're un, they're forgettable. So I think there are some. I don't know if I would say hate because I love a good cheese fast. I like some. I like. Yeah. I like tropes. I do like tropes. I do like stereo- stereotypes, but like, you know, tropes, yeah. stere- tropes in movies, stereotypes. Yeah, right. But, um, motifs. Motifs. <laughs> Themes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think he has, I think Roger Moore's era, I think I'm just, I was, you know, protesting too much. I think I do. There is a lot that I, 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 I realize and I, I appreciate and like. So I don't know if I can hate any of these movies t- entirely, well, like loathe. Uh, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And for me, again, it's, it's, I mean, it's Moonraker. What are we? What, are we, what do I hide? I'm not burying the lead here. I think, I, I think Moonraker, I think it was nice. I was nice ish about Moonraker because John Rice was on here defending it. And he made some really good points. They went, I don't agree with you, but I'll stop being nasty to it. You know? All right. Truce. Truce. Yeah. But, but I'm with you. Like, I think other than that, I think the the biggest crime I could level against any one of these movies that isn't Moonraker is it's just kind of forgettable and mm. I mean look when you're you make seven James Bond movies I mean and you know two or three of them are incredibly memorable one maybe for the wrong reasons but 
Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, let's. You know what? Let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get into it. You wanna? You wanna just go right into your list of uh, your, the more era movies in yeah. list of preference? Yeah, just, just, just. That th- th- I think that like going back to especially my Daniel Craig's can all my list can be pretty contentious there of what mm. I is what is a top Bond movie for me. It's all personal. It's all like oh, I, I would for rather sure. rewatch these movies again. And I quality quality is always taken into consideration. And you know, and if, if they're not everyone else's favorite, sometimes they're just mine, and they're gonna top a list. Yeah, so. No, for sure, for sure. And look, uh, my third is going to be fucking outright offensive to most people. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, saying. I wonder. I'm, ooh, I'm curious. Because mine, I, I say, and this is just, this is a hodgepodge of my past, my childhood. Currently, it, what holds up to me, what I would love to rewatch again, it is Man with the Golden Gun is my number one. Wow, okay, nice. Movies. Nice. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, I could see it. It's I know, great, and a, I know people. It's a real fun movie. It's yeah. I, I think it's a little like just. I like. I just like the adventure. I like the setting. I like the hench. I just think it's very. There are a lot of vibes. Uh, um, my number two is Spy Who Loved Me. Of course, because I, I think that you don't get more quality than that, and uh, there's a lot to love. Um, View to a Kill is my third, and I had never yes. seen View to a Kill yes. until this podcast. So. <laughs> You talk about craziness. Ginny, you surprised me. I didn't realize you put it so high on the list. <laughs> I because I would rewatch that again. And it's so crazy. It's like, I, like consistently a little, it's it's all consistent. Ginny, if you called me up tomorrow and said, <laughs> I wanna watch uh I wanna watch a view to a kill tonight. Uh you know, Tom and I are gonna watch it. You wanna come over? I'd be like, Yeah, I'll I'll bring I'll bring some booze and popcorn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, like I, we just watched that for this show three weeks ago. <laughs> I'll rewatch it again. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. And then my fourth is Live and Let Die. And I almost I think I think I, I was always like that it's there's a sort of a tie or there's like a connection between Man with the Golden Gun and View to a Kill. They're both not mm-hmm. the best, but there's something memorable about them. There's something that like I have vivid um I don't not attachments to, but just I I just clearly remember rewatching a lot of them and 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 sort of in having them on and just enjoying that. Um, and let, so, yeah, I think that's that's the fun. And like, I don't know, maybe I have, that's more emotional though to me. Just like because right, we're watching right. it, I was like, there's a lot of issues with Live and Let Die that I never <laughs> um, remembered. It's 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 a very problematic movie looked at in today's lens. Oh yeah, so it's got to fall. On, I had it had to be. I was like, of course, it's gonna be low, much much lower. Um, then you're not gonna like this. Is uh, Moonraker is my <gasps> sixth. Oh, no, it's my it's my fifth. It's, what is wow. It? Yeah. Wow, I you think... put Moonraker over for your eyes only. I did. I did. Wow. I think, okay. I think, yeah, I did. Because I think, I think, I, 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 at least Octopussy has memorable moments. I do think For Your Eyes Only is a better movie than Moonraker and Octopussy, but it's so forgettable to me. I, I oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the villain. This, the villain's plot was the underwater right for, uh, for your eyes this, only for your eyes only it was he it was just doing greek, this same thing he was as, a greek guy yeah. and, and there was some greek stuff going like again i told you that that movie is the james bond rip doll for me i mean i just i wake up and i go that i just watched james bond what the hell just happened well, and it comes after it's before moonraker right no no after. i think it's if it's the one directly after because Moonraker went so over the top that they that remember we talked about this yes. one could have been a Timothy Dalton movie yeah, so serious. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I and it's and he just took. I think that's the problem. The issue was that the, the, for your eyes only took the plot of Moonraker and was like, well, we're doing it underwater, and it's, and it's realistic. It's much more realistic this time around. We swear. And I'm like, I you just can't rip off the plot of Moonraker. Moonraker was going for it. Um, and I think I like that Bond girl. Like it's all very like normal. Like he he's not offensive overtly in it. I don't think he is. And no, no, I, I think we had said that's that was like the nicest James Bond. Yeah, yeah. And I, maybe like, that's just not memorable to me. Or maybe that's yeah. like it's it's too un, uh, subdued. Gorgeous Greece though is gorgeous. It's, it's a beautiful yes. like setting. That's like a Daniel Craig movie in terms of visual like setting. Um and then my my uh, so so for Moonraker, for your eyes only, because it is forgettable to me. I don't know if I'd wholly want to watch it again. And Octopussy, I have a lot of, I think I just have a lot of issues with Octopussy, even after watching it, even after hearing like the good, all of the good that's a part of that movie. But, yeah. Yeah. And I, Eric really made a good point. He of did. The, like, I actually, I, I have to admit that like Octopussy was on my hated more movies and after rewatching it, I, I was kind of softening it up. But listening to Eric talk about it, I was like, all right, all right. I was just being too hard on this this poor old guy trying to be James Bond. <laughs> I was focusing on stupid things like the clowns, like too many clowns in, in a James and, Bond movie. And he and was you're not wrong. solid points, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to rebuke that. But I, I think that's a solid list. And now they're all very I, – I don't think I could – actually, I, I don't know. There's some – if you, if you, I don't know. If you, if you told me like plots of Moonmaker and Moonmaker and parts of For Your Eyes Only, I, like, could you pick up a scene totally and decide? I don't know, and tell me which movie this is from. I might not be able well, to do. I don't I, know I, to do. I it. know. I mean, I know that Moonraker is very similar to The Spy Who Loved Me. I mm -hmm. think you've forgotten for your eyes only so much you're confusing it with parts of the spiral. <laughs> they they're okay, they're similar. I think for your yeah. eyes only and the spy who loved me give me very similar vibes. But but I think that also goes to say with how just blah for your eyes only is because like we were I like and again I'm with you. I remember it's in Greece. I remember doing some Greek shit. I remember that the the villain's name was Aristotle Christolatos, but only because I looked <laughs> it up and wrote it down this afternoon when I was making this list. It just rolls off your tongue, though, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, like you <laughs> Scaramanga, Max Zorin, Mr. Big, Aristotle Christolatos. Not, not to make fun of his name, it just isn't like, I mean, my name is, my last name is Fishdick. I mean, I'm, I'm in no, I can't make fun of anything, but... But I'm in no position, right? I, I wouldn't have a good James. I would change my name if I were a James Bond villain. But <laughs> but it just doesn't roll off the tongue, and I think it just adds to how unmemorable that movie is. Uh, yeah, I think that's and that's and that's just where it, that's how they fall. But I again, the appreciation is is true. I is is. I mean, we I, and I, I look forward to doing something similar with the Sean Connery movies. But I, I I'm happy we got a chance to really sit down and kind of you know, really, really break them down because I think I needed yeah, that. And I too. think going forward, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be much more enjoyable for me. Yeah, and I'm excited to see where we put these movies in the overallness mm. when we do the, like, when we finish all yeah. of these movies. Yeah. Because mm. I think, like, I used to say The Spy Who Loved Me is in my top three James Bond movies. Still is. So it's no, that's going to be my, my number one. But, like, I used to think the rest of these were way, way down low. And I think I really have to reevaluate that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be some soul searching yeah. with all these movies. 
but John Rice, good friend of the show here on Moonraker, uh, agrees that Gold Man with the Golden Gun and The Spy Who Loved Me are quality movies. He says we need some uh, more love. Uh, John, you've made a good joke here, John. <laughs> Sorry. I watched look, I watched two and a half Austin Powers movies. Uh and uh, I think having the name Fischetic would be a great Bond villain. I think so too. Thank you, John. It could have been. Look, if my life had gone just a tinge differently, I'd be sitting on a you know a lava mountain, stroking <laughs> a cat, trying to murder everyone. <laughs> Call me Fischetic, will you? Release <laughs> the Kraken, because I because as a Bond villain, I would I would train a Kraken. I, I'm that kind of I have that kind of determination. I would take the time, put the time in to train a Kraken. You know. <laughs> It's like a mythological <laughs> creature. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. Look, you just gotta find. They're real. It's just we gotta find one of those like deep sea squids that no one's ever seen in real life, but they exist. We've seen their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Is it so much to ask to have a freaking crack in our hand? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, oh yeah, honestly, does that crack and make you horny, baby? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, <laughs> all right. Let's let's before like, I gotta stop myself. I'm gonna get shipped out of Austin Powers mode. All right, all right. So here's my list, and and actually, honestly, Ginny, it's not it's not far off from yours. So, Spy Love Me is my number one because I do think it is like a perfect James Bond movie. Like it hits all these beats. Like the only the only place I ding that movie is I think it has a weak villain. Yeah, agreed. And not because his plan isn't cool. It's just he's just not really there. I just you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think it's like a perfect Bond movie. I love that we have the Triple X, who's like his equal. It introduces uh, Gogolok or whatever the guy's name is, the the Russian general. Yeah, we actually continue to see throughout the rest of the Roger Moore run. I love seeing his character again. Yeah, I like reoccurring. That reoccurring character. That reoccurring character. <laughs> but we neither of us really care for the reoccurring character in my second one, the man with the golden gun, which is J.W. Culpepper. <laughs> I why, God, why? I, I think that's that's the biggest that that's the biggest like question mark I have for the entire Roger Moore run is why J.W. Culpepper? What was he there for? He, we brought him back consecutively. Right. It wasn't like, like oh, I, maybe we need a little bit more comedy. That's a note for the studio. And the studio's like, well, let's bring back that like that racist carrot cop. You know, <laughs> people kind of got a kick out of that, right? People liked him. It's great because he's gonna be racist in another country, <laughs> and then he's gonna get locked up abroad and murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but yeah, so Man with the Golden Gun is my second. Then a view to a kill. And I'm so glad that you're with me on that one, Ginny. Because yeah. this, had you asked me before we did this run, that would have been my, like, only above Moonraker. Because I think, because, because let's be fair, it's a shitty movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to say a view to a kill is a good movie. But when you got Chris Walken as Mag Zorin, you got Grace Jones as Mayday, and you got James Bond actually doing spy shit. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's so fun. I think it has energy. Even though it's his he, old he's the oldest, I think he it has a lot of energy. 
I agree, and I think the, what makes it work more, even though he's older, is because I think they're cognizant of the fact that he's older, which is why he's doing more spy stuff, yeah. which is why he's not so lecherous, because yeah. he's not really lecherous in yeah. that movie. Yeah. And he fun. gets lecherous in a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, that's why it works, because they, they kind of know his limitations, and they write the movie to that, and they pad it with enough other crazy stuff. Now, mind you, the movie makes no sense if you're actually paying attention to anything other than the fun James Bond's Max Orin stuff going on. But just just look, go with it. It's fun. Um, Then Live and Let Die. Mm -hmm. Um, And then normally that normally that would have been my third because I actually really like Mr. Big in that. Um, Yeah, I really like Yafet Kodo was fantastic. Uh, but like that movie, like ends like a cartoon where they blow his head up. And... I know, an undignified it... death for kind of a digni- a very dignified villain who's American. Yeah, very... I like that. I like that it's America. I like I like America. I like we we bonds I... in America. I it's do. cool. And no, no, I do too. It's why I like um, uh, Diamonds Are Forever as well because I like seeing Bond in almost a fish out of water thing, you know. And and there's some cool scenes in that when they go to the nightclub and they're they're lowered down and. That that the the opening scene where everyone's dancing in the the the, the and they're oh. carrying the coffin and then they mm-hmm. murder in the group they yeah. murder the double O and put him in the coffin that's really cool yeah that's so um, scary, yeah so so now we get to the tipping point for me uh, you know for your eyes only is next because I don't remember much of it which means it couldn't possibly have insulted me as a James Bond fan so you know uh, hey. I, I remember enjoying it somewhat. I couldn't tell you anything about it that I didn't look up today, but uh, there you go. Then there's Octopussy because uh, too many clowns. And, <laughs> you know, the many. jugglers. Uh, it's just the circus thing is weird. Yeah. I think the it is a really, really bad villain. Probably the worst villain of this, the, this run. Yeah, yeah, um, hands down. And then like his plan doesn't make any sense. And then like that movie, that movie might have been way higher if Maud Adams' octopus, he was just the villain. Agreed, agreed. And then, and that was my uh, like Mandela effect working, right. where I thought she was. <laughs> I don't know what happened. And they kind of like they kind of set her up like she could be, you know. So it's like you saw it as a kid. You're oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. She's doing some shit with a cult. She's evil. <laughs> you know? Nope. But no, she's she's doing some shit with a cult, but she's good. <laughs> uh, but okay, but. But I, but I also get I, I really enjoy that that movie is such a weird has such a weird relationship with the source material too. Oh like yeah, it's, it's kind of the sequel, the unofficial sequel to that weird short story that Ian Fleming wrote at the end of his career. <laughs> um, and then finally we get to Moonraker, aka Why does the fucking pigeon do a double take, Ginny? You haven't been able to explain this. John Rice couldn't explain it. Ed couldn't explain it. No one could explain to me why a fucking pigeon does a double take in that movie. Really, really, really good point. Um, <laughs> Your Honor, hearsay, hearsay, Your Honor. <laughs> oh, well, all right then. All right, well, if Jenny says it's hearsay, even though I saw it with my own eyes, I'm, I'm going to go for a continuance. I don't even know what that means. I, I just got finished binging Night Court. I was just, oh, you know, fifty dollars and a fine, time served. Oh my god! Uh, oh, John's got something here. Um, he's a really talented. <laughs> yeah, he's a really. Good, he studied. He trained at Juilliard. Look, John, I'm going to tell you something. If it wasn't obviously just a 
we've filmed the pigeon moving and then reversed it and let that go again. And they actually trained the goddamn pigeon. I'd give this to you. I would actually, if, if, on this alone, if they train that pigeon, I'd bump it over octopus. But they didn't. They were lazy, John. Oh man, <laughs> that's it. Not the moon. Not the moon cult of, of cult of uh, Aryan race of moon people, like, <laughs> Jason. Like that. There's so much with going on with that movie that I kind of picked the stupidest hill to die on because that's that's what I do. But that movie's. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm Jaws. I'm a good guy now. Now I deserve a woman because I'm such a nice guy. Uh, or we're in space and there are lasers. What does this have to do with the awesome book, which is probably, the, which is, no, hands down, the best thing Ian Fleming has ever written? Uh, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to get rid of it so we can do a Star Wars ripoff. I mean, there's just so much wrong with that movie. And part of it is it's trying to pander to sci-fi culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. once a movie starts to pander, I, I, you lose me. And, like, you know, even with A View to a Kill, I don't think it's not pandering. It's not a good movie, but it's not pandering, right? It just is what it is in its own weird thing. And Moonraker was just trying to be something the James Bond series doesn't shouldn't be mm-hmm. doesn't need doesn't need to be yeah yeah and strangely enough i'm going to make the same argument when we get to the austin powers trilogy mm, so right. i'm very happy i went on that tirade just now <laughs> tie back later um but yeah so we're our, our, pretty we're, we're very very similar on yeah this. just shifted to and it's and they're that's very just i don't know preference 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 yeah, in terms it. of hatred and then preference in terms of what you genuinely like about you know and i think that's been you know we've been very very upfront with that's the point of this show right it's just and that's that's again why i wanted to do this show with you specifically because we have very similar and very different tastes because i think Mm -hmm. we like a lot of the same stuff but different things bring us there yeah and so like i uh, like the whole point was i i wanted to get other perspectives on movies that i have been in my own head about for years so uh yeah i'm glad that we're doing this yeah um all right so i'll i'll go through uh what do you want to do next songs or villains mm, songs because i can tie all them right. to to movies i actually think i based Perfect. maybe a little bit of my movie order in terms of the songs because i uh, really uh, I, I, yeah i think so so i'm gonna start because mine are so starkly different okay my number one is a view to a kill <gasps> because no matter how much I say I don't like Poppy in in like the band of the flavor of the month band doing it, this view to kill is fucking awesome. I mean, Duran Duran is not a flavor of the month, right? <laughs> but like, but they're very 80s. Like, you know, yeah. you're not picking up the time. new Duran Duran album. It's of its time, exactly. Uh, but what what a fun song. Like, that makes me want to do spy stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then my number two is Moonraker interesting okay because that's a shirley bassey uh i love all the shirley bassey stuff and i actually just really like that song sometimes when i'm in a jazzy mood i play that song (laughs) um then we got live and let die because i I gotta rep paul mccartney it's probably not the best song on this list but sir paul mccartney of the beatles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. performed it or performed it uh then we got nobody does it better which mm-hmm. I think is actually an awesome song. I just don't think it's a great James Bond song. But I think it's it's a, fin- a fantastic song. That's fair. Then I got Man with the Golden Gun. 
mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is a lot of fun. It's just, but again, it's very poppy in sixties and, and that's cool and all, but like, I, I'm also, I was trying to maintain a balance and then for your eyes only, which I do really like that, but it's just, and here's the thing. I don't dislike any song on this list. I just like Roger Moore's era really kills it in the song department. <laughs> I think it does. Um, but it's just compared to the others, it's not as exciting for me. And then all time high because I, I feel about it like I feel the movie about the movie Fear Eyes Only. It's like, mm-hmm, oh, wh- mm-hmm. what's the song for Octopussy? All time. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that was a really good song. But like, I, I always forget that it's Octopussy. Like, I know. I don't, you, you give me a movie Octopussy. Give me a song called Octopussy, guys. Come on, <laughs> the Octopussy grows. Yes, yeah, something. <laughs> I, I'm expecting. All right, main credits. Here we go. Uh, octopussy. <laughs> Sam Smith could have done the song for Hug to Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> or Radiohead. <laughs> oh, lest you give me a cover, uh, a Radiohead cover, oh, or song right. of Octopus, like, with the title. Okay, Radiohead, you, all the money, you know, then your contract, we agree. The only thing is you just have to have Octopussy in the song, in the chorus. <laughs> I would actually like, mm. I would love to pop in, not live or spend much time in, but pop in in the alternate dimension where that happens. And there is one. You know there is one. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> if you just thought about it, which means it exists somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my list. So, uh, Ginny, what's, what's your list like? So it's actually not that different. Mm. My I thought about it. I had to think about it because I do... I love '80s music, and I love I love like all the Timothy Dalton song. Like there, there are those. I think uh, uh, until we get to the Sean Connery movie, I I think that like uh, look at my playlists like Living Daylights, License to Kill, and like View to a Kill are just like like back to back replayed. Um, and you just View to a Kill is so fun. I don't know, just the and we dance into the, into fire. the fire. Yeah, I, I, that's like that wins. That wins it for me. And then beginning of like that, din, yes, din, din, din. like it's so sharp. I know. I, mean, I, I, I love an oh. action-packed James Bond song. That's I like. That's me why too. I like another way to die because it's like I like. I, I, I love ballads are great and they win all the Oscars, but I like be bold. Give me an action-packed song. Um, I agree. So that's why. And then I, nobody does it better. I think, I don't know. I think there's something, my mom loves Carly Simon. I, I think that's like very of its time, but I, I think I love a female. It's appropriate. It's more of a romantic, like mature movie, romantic movie. I think that's just like very ideal. Live and Let Die is three. It should be probably higher, but I, let's think about it. Let's all be, let's all look at our, look at our lives and look at our choices and, and, and place where we want to live and let die on that list. Think about it. <laughs> I certainly have. And fourth is Man with the Golden Gun. Cause I, I can, it, I, this, this podcast made, brought me back to that. Just like, you know, um, how to, you know, how to sing it. And for your eyes only is, is uh, my fifth my fifth choice um moonraker is seven wow <laughs> i again always thought it's same with octopussy i always kind of wanted them to just to say just sing moonraker and sing it like gold 
Goldfinger. <laughs> Moonraker. Moonraker. It's a movie. A movie you're about to watch. That is Shirley Bassey's. I think I had major Mandela effect. And I was like, I know that's not right, but we always used to sing it like that. Um, and then Octopussy because I, I can't sing it. I thought about it. I was going through like off the top of my head, like writing them down, just like kind of like going the melodies. And I had to like search for it. because I was like, I, I just, I don't all time yeah. high. I was like, it's good. Oh, it was yeah. Sheena Easton. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, uh. it's it's just it's forgettable it's I just, just so forgettable maybe I'll, I'll learn to love it I'll, I'll fall back in love with it eventually but well, maybe, maybe you will find that all time high <laughs> that's all but that's all I can give you that's all I know <laughs> right because like I, I listen to like I I, very, I go through moods of music and I have like uh the James Bond soundtrack like with all these songs on it right and I I think like I listen to most of them if it comes on all time high, I must always skip. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it's a fine song. It's just, it's not like, it's not in the vein that I'm looking for with mm-hmm. these songs. Mm-hmm. Like, even with the, it's not even that it's slow because like, nobody does it better as slow, but it's a really interesting song. I just yeah. don't think it's an interesting song. Yeah, all. interesting is, is, I think, the word for it. Sorry. Uh, um, all right. So, uh, you want to, We'll jump into girls and we'll do our top five, top five girls. Or we, I think we do one of two ways. We can, if you ranked it, we'll go through the ranking. If you want to do like top five, or if you want to go highs and lows, I'll you leave know, it up to you how you want I, to attack. I actually, because there were a few, because I even count like almost like side Bond girls sometimes, if they're memorable enough for me, or if they're like, right. they stand out to me. So I have girls that kind of just stood out to me. Um, I have three that I, I really I think just I looked at the, my choices and I looked I, and I I have two that I don't really don't like um, but I have three that I really do so I'll just I'll do my I'll sort of narrow it down that way my top is triple x and I would assume that might be yours too of course it is like again top five of all James Bond all time. Yeah, yeah yeah I mean she's really good and it's just and there's so much there, and it's just the two of them we really have time they really sort of lived live together they're really on this journey and and you know i mean gosh like do they have to confront each other with the fact that she wants to kill him for her murdered lover mm-hmm. and it's and they're equals and she's gorgeous and uh it's such a great like iconic role we never got and just, we talked about precursors to future bond girls but um yeah i i i really i dig her and i was like i think she just stood out to me when I first watched Bond movies and she still stands out, which is great. Um, my other choice, my other Bond girl, my second one is Mayday. I thought about yeah. it. I also <laughs> thought about it. I looked at my choices. I looked at the Roger Moore era and I thought, what do I like? And what do I think people we kind of maybe made fun of? Like even my husband was like, oh no, like Grace Jones. I remember, I always remember her. And I'm like, he's like, he's like, cause she's so striking and just so like, I'm sure that's the way for like many a man, many a man, many of a boy. <laughs> who uh you know uh and i just think she was you know i don't know she loved her was in love with her villain her 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 you know her main bad uh you know also was caught up with bond um henchman doing it all assistant um uh uh looked great in everything she wore fashion like a pure model that we have and Mm -hmm. i think she was like ahead of her time and i love grace jones (laughs) i thought she was so she's so wonderful like she really she steals the show so i i you know triple x is great but she's also a little subdued and mayday is just like like man that that movie also has like two of the most beautiful 
Like if you're just talking physically beautiful blonde girls. Um, but I made A's my number two. And number three is Melina, even though for your eyes only isn't a great. I thought about it though. And I was like, right. I think she's cool. I think we just needed to like, I don't know. Maybe that actress could have been better, but she, uh, writing standpoint, like she wants revenge. It's very Greek story um you know, <laughs> yeah. sort of an angry woman and she had the air she's the arrow which i think is really cool the bone arrow uh yeah she's my third so if you want to go i don't know how you have yours if you've top five um so uh so yeah i just i have kind of like highs and lows so like uh i think my best was triple x that was my favorite I, I don't think there's any surprise there i'm with you on grace jones mayday being my number two mm. i actually thought like looking back on it she might she definitely breaks way higher in my Bond girl list at, at the end of this because yeah. she is kind of like the proto Zania on a top, which I gave yeah, so much yeah. credit for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but she's all, but she's fucking Grace Jones. And she's Grace Jones. And she's a little bit more, I don't know, sensitive than, than Zenya, who's like a pure. <laughs> I agree. Zenya is pure. Yeah. She's a pure psychopath. And, you get a sense at the end that, like, no, Mayday was kind of manipulated here. Like, definitely so not great intentions, but human. Be- and she has the the moment at the, at the end where she has the moment of, uh, of you know, saving everyone and, and mm-hmm, destroying mm-hmm. the plan. And, I, you know, we didn't really talk about it last time, but I just realized we're talking about it. Like, this was a movie in the late 80s where a white man and a black woman were like not just sleeping together but in a relationship and yes they're the villains but yeah. it no nothing was made out of it Mm-mm. and there was also Mm-mm. nothing made about like james bond like there was no i don't remember there being quips of like oh well, milk chocolate or something no stupid. It, no it, it, there's a, there was a lot of stuff like that in previous they just said she looks she, she's been taking her vitamins because she's a sick you know a, a supermodel <laughs> right <laughs> right you know it was like he's a force of nature like it's the, the but that's all you know i and that is i think it's a little yeah, progressive. Yeah, so, so yeah, so I think, you know, look, it, it was the late 80s in a James Bond movie. You take the progressiveness where you can get it. <laughs> and I think, it, you know, it's a little bit there. But but she's also really awesome. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I like her. Knockout. Um, I, you know, I thought Melina Havelock was uh, interesting as much as anything is in that movie. And I remember thinking that she was, she looked like a real person as a Bond girl, which yeah. I, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um. And then what else? Like Octopussy was fine. I think I wish, I think I hold it against Octopussy that she's not the villain. And like, the hell is she doing in this movie, really? Like, she doesn't really need to be there. And the movie's mm-hmm. called Octopussy. Um, uh, interesting that Jane Seymour played Solitaire. Uh, I just, not that I particularly loved her, but I just think it's interesting in the Bond history that Jane Seymour played a Bond girl. One of our famous Bond, like more famous Bond like, girls or successful post Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and then I think the bottom of the barrel is Mar- um, Mary Goodnight, which was <laughs> yeah, just like, I, I actually in my head, I, I always conflate Mary Goodnight and Dr. Goodhead. And I always really? think Dr. Goodhead is like the, the shoe, but actually Dr. Goodhead is despite uh, the the terrible name is a good Bond girl. It's a doctor, and she's a doctor. Yes, <laughs> Mary Goodnight's in a bikini twenty four seven, and will... like so dumb, so dumb. And you, but you like, know what? Sexistly though? dumb. 
Okay. And, and, and very sex. And and now, but if you had talked to me as a 13 year old, me and my twin sister going, who's your favorite Bond girl? And you, we'd probably give you like, you know, like Halle Berry we probably would have said, right. you know, Xenia. And we also would have said Mary Goodnight because we're like, she's so funny. Isn't she silly? She's just falling out of stuff. And like, she's blonde and looks like Britt Eklund. And now in hindsight, you're like, she's literally the worst she's and literally, literally. setting our, uh, uh, we're all getting set back here. Ever, men, women. <laughs> like I, I might say, and this is a bold statement, but we've gone through enough of these movies where I, I think I can say this pretty, pretty fairly. Oh yeah, she might be my least favorite Bond girl. Yeah, of all time. yeah. Like, I like she's offensive. Oh yeah, but you know who's even more offensive? Just a little bit, and just weirder than Mary Goodnight is. Uh, it's stereotype. That's what people expect in a Bond movie, like a ditzy blonde right. girl. But you know who's weird? BB Doll. Remember BB Doll? Oh God, Dahl? BB Doll was terrible. Who was yeah, B I B I D A H L. Like, and the, and she's how old is she? 16, 17, 18? I think she's Jelly? supposed to be eighteen, 18. because that's the only way that she could legally try to fuck James <laughs> Bond in this movie. But they're definitely having her portray this character like she's a bubbly 16. Oh yeah, I feel like she's in pigtails and like bouncing yeah. on a, doing gymnastics and she's a figure skating. I'm like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> no, and, and Bond was looking like long in the tooth at that point. Like, yeah. You know, I think um, what is it? Uh, the Moonraker is probably the last one where you're like, all right, yeah, he's he, he he looks like James Bond. After that, he's really looking old. So to watch him with someone who's a 16-year-old girl, it was like, which I think is why I shouldn't even make my list because I like to pretend she doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, exactly. I was like, they were like, oh, Mary, good night. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, so bad. Um, all right, so then let's do some villains. Uh, I'm going to do villains the same way. Uh, uh, my top villain, Scaramanga. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, when Sir Christopher Lee shows up as your villain in anything mm -hmm. and, and you have to choose one, he <laughs> is, if not number one, he's in top five. Yeah. And for here, there's no one better. My number two, obviously, is Max Oren. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> Chris Walken. And you count him? He's a worthy villain. What's his plan? What's his, what was his plan? What was the plan? Ginny, you didn't watch a movie. Let me explain it to you. <laughs> I'm going to breed horses, right. super Nazi horses. I might be a super-powered Nazi horse myself. You don't know. <laughs> hey, they also, we don't know. It's alluded to. Then uh, microchips. Uh, so microchips plus Nazi horses plus destroying the fault line in Silicon Valley equals mm -hmm. profit. Profit. I mean. <laughs> Step one. The following. Step two, uh, step three, profit. profit. Right. And, and, and yeah, his plan was a view to a kill. Thank you, John. Thank you. It's in the title. They tell you. Title. And he even says right it, right? Maybe he goes, that's a nice view. And he goes, to a kill. Like, ah. <laughs> um, so then I got Mr. Big, because Yafet Koto is I do have, yeah, I think those are my those are my straight up top three. I have yeah. it. I had uh, uh, Mr. Big, Dr. Kamenga. Kameng, uh, uh, oh yeah, and also because he was yeah. weird. Because again, his end, his death is so bad. But he's so a weird. formidable foe. He like Christopher Lee are these like, I think you know, amazing they, they, presence. Yeah, they they gravitas. They have gravitas yeah, and uh, and that face when he has like the weird prosthetic face when he's Mister Big is so weird. I was like, oh my god, like what are we doing here? Again, it's, it's very alarming. That makes so much more sense in the book. I don't remember if we talked really? about it, but like I... part of the book is like. He had two personas. One was mm. Mr. Big, and the other was like the the head of a legitimate company or something. 
And you only find out like at some point, like I knew the, what, what, where it was going, but the audience first reading it only finds out at some point they're the same person mm-hmm. when he does that reveal. And I think they were, I don't even think they were trying for that. I think they were just trying to keep the reveal. It just looks like a weird prestige. Yeah. Just yeah. A little strange. Um, and then like my mid tier, like, like my forgettable <laughs> ones are like Aristotle and Stromberg. And Str- I, I, I want to put Stromberg lower because I, I know who that actor is because he, he, he's from this weird movie that I've seen before, but he's so boring. He's at no presence. German. He's got an awesome plot. Like yeah. his plan, that's the kind of plan I would do. I'm going to save the world by <laughs> flooding it and killing billions and billions and saving only the people I deem society <laughs> should run society. That's the kind of shit that I would do as a, as a Bond villain. But I would be gregarious and have presence and he did not and you need p- um, pizzazz you need pizzazz you do like i almost wish that they got the actor to who played drax to play mm, stromberg like because mm. because i think the drag that that actor is good but he's way too like so much of that movie is way up its own ass and i think he is so cartoonish <laughs> that I, he is literally in my bottom mm. but i think the actor Given just a little more love, I mean, because I I don't I even, I couldn't even yeah I couldn't even tell you what the actor Stromberg could do because I only know him from this and he does nothing. Right, right, right. Um, no, and that and Drax, uh, the is, who is that? That's what actor is that? That is that um, Louis Jordan is a French French guy. I think so. I can look it up. Because I was like I that and he's been all the villains, and Stromberg again a blustery old like German man. I don't know. No, thanks. That's he's bottom for me. Um, yeah. And, oh, actually, uh, bottom, bottom for me is Kamal Khan. Oh, yeah. Because I guess. Doesn't like there yeah. are three, there are three possible villains in that movie and they, none <laughs> of them do anything. And you're, so, you're, like, you're totally right. Yeah. That's, he's, that's... he's the main villain, but he does nothing. It's kind of the worst. Yeah, and it's so last second. And I, I, I think I hate. Is that a, a? I mean, if there's more than one villain in a Pierce Brosnan movie, we know it, and they're both sort of. I don't know. They're very different. They're very like at least with Electra and and you know Robert Carlyle, they were like two right. different villains, and same with like uh, Die Another Day. I, right. or, I, or Romov and mm-hmm. um, and Trevelyan in. And Golden Eye, and, and they yeah. make sense, like because Ormov is your first, like your your false start villain, and aha, Trevelyan's the big reveal. Yes. yes, and they might have been trying with this because Kamal Khan, like, is someone like he was like Octopussy's right hand man, but like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> okay, so this guy, this thief, is going to try to kill another thief to take her. Like, this is this this does no weight to me that he is a, the traitor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is so less. It's a blink and you miss it. And I think if I was why when I watched that movie years ago, I did blink and miss it, which is why right, I right. thought he was the main villain. It, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So, what's your uh, you what are you, what are your like thoughts well, on those the villains? Um, uh, besides, I think Max Zorn showing up, our only American. Well, besides Mr. Big, you know, showing up, right? Uh, and Christopher Lee who was kind of a star. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of the horror, like the hammer horror oh, yeah. um, movies that he did. And so I, in my mind, that's kind of makes him a bit of a, more of a star. Is this, 
uh, oh this is is this this is pre Star Wars right? Yeah, it was like early seventies. So this was early seventies. Oh, but Christopher Lee's not. He's he's in the prequels. I'm thinking yeah. Peter. I was thinking of the guy with Grandma talking. Yeah, <laughs> because I've friend. seen I've seen so many Hammer horror movies with him and Peter Cushing. Like literally, like we are doing this because we're getting paid and hanging out. Isn't that right, Peter Cushing? <laughs> yes, we're getting paid and hanging out. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're best friends. <laughs> I'm Dracula. I guess I'm Dracula's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and then and Max Soren, yeah, who showed up like and, and won me over. And I, I don't care for Octopussy as a. I don't think Maude Adams is that great. I don't think she's that great. I mean, she's fine as you know, second mm. Bond henchwoman. Uh, or yeah, in 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 Man with a Golden Gun, but I don't care for her as a, as her own as the lead of her own movie. Yeah, no, I'm mm -hmm. I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, and I guess just honorable mentions because there's really nothing to 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 rate here. But uh, <laughs> the henchmen, like Jaws and Knickknack, we don't need any other henchmen in this. Jaws and Knickknack. I run. like, like Teehee. I love Teehee. Oh, you know what? You know what? Fuck me. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Te I forgot about Teehee because I because I'm all about Jaws and Knickknack here. You're right. <laughs> Teehee also uh, on on the top three best hench of of the, this this run. Because you give me a, a claw or a little, that's all. A, he's got a signature move, a laugh, and that's his name. Yes. And then he's got mm -hmm. a signature, and he's got the, you know, a little a little weapon, a weapon of choice. Um, I mean, what else could you, what were the henchmen in um, Octopussy? I was trying to think. Was I mean, there... we're, I mean, there were seven villains, so I guess three of them must have been henchmen. It was, <laughs> someone... it was a knife. Someone was a henchman. <laughs> <laughs> it was the knife throwers, right? Were the knife yeah. throwers henchmen and let's say or the cult? Like they're just not memorable. And then, like I don't care. Like a, the henchman who a view to a kill. Like uh, I'm uh, May Day is a close thing you get, and you know she's a Bond girl, so I'm not like. And if I had to put her in the henchman, she's the best. So there you go. She, I know she she does it all. She does it all, and she's a Renaissance woman. Right. And exactly. I I loved her, and I support her, and I miss her. Same here. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, who who's the henchman for for your eyes only? That would require one of us to remember that movie at all, Jenny, <laughs> which we watched maybe less than two months ago. I remember um, her arrows, and I remember she wearing this really awesome dress walking around in Greece. And I go, "This is just every girl's vacation right now because everyone's going to Greece." Uh, arrows of people. <laughs> everyone's on Instagram taking pictures of Greece and taking sunset like shots. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I think I, I actually think their their henchmen are really interesting. I think uh, Tee is from the only one of the three from the books, mm, which I think crazy. is cool. Jaws, uh, and not, I like Jaws not a, no, no, because uh, the spy who loved me. Well, all right. To be fair, I didn't actually get through the spy who loved me because, but I doubt he's in it because literally it's written in first person point of view yeah, from. Right the woman who's in love with him and i just couldn't get past the 50 pages of sprawling breakfast like i i can barely deal with it when james bond's giving me a 20 page synopsis of his breakfast and what he drank and how he takes his coffee i can't do it for some woman I'm, i've never seen before in these books and never will see again <laughs> um, right but but knickknacks definitely not in the man with the golden gun like none of that stuff is in the man with the golden gun for Why? the most part um well the man with the golden gun was just a short story right right no time and the titular man yeah, there's no time. And the titular <laughs> man with the golden gun is just like, like he's he he is like like that swaggery and stuff. Mm -hmm. But 
it, it the whole plot really revolves around like opening a casino and real estate stuff. Like it's the plot's not that exciting. He doesn't have like a weird um, animatronic circus in his basement. No, no, and he's not, <laughs> he has no idea who James Bond is. Like he's not obsessed with him. It's like he's just doing well, his thing. He's doing his thing down the Caribbean and Bond is sent to infiltrate because he's working with like the Russians. He's, he's helping fund the KGB and he's helping fund like Castro and he's helping fund all of all of the enemies of democracy. And capitalism. Mm, uh... Uh, you know, so Bond goes there to infiltrate and winds up getting himself a gig like helping him run his hotel while he has these meetings. Okay, and, and the titular man with the golden gun is like, yeah, I'm going to wind up killing this guy anyway. I just needed, we were short staffed <laughs> because they've very quickly, it becomes clear that James Bond is a British spy. <laughs> and so he's just like, yeah, we'll just let him keep working. I got my eye <laughs> on him. And I, we're a bit short staffed here. I was going to kill him anyway. Oh we'll, instead of killing him at the end of this, we'll kill him tomorrow. That's the most like uh, current contemporary temporary like villain if ever there was one like in right? our day and age was like guys but there is like there is a staffing shortage in every business um our candidates have like declined and so we are short staff we're gonna need you to take on more work i know he's trying to infiltrate us and bring us down from the inside but he um he knows excel sheets like we need right. to keep them on let me ask you a question when you came in who took your bags that's right the spy did. And who brought you to your room? The spy. Did you tip the spy? You did not. Do you know how hard it is to find that kind of help? You're going to wait till the end of your trip, maybe the end of someone else's, and then we're going to kill him. Contingent on if we can get someone as good working the concierge desk. We'll train him. We'll have him train a few people, too, while we still have him, right? <laughs> maybe he can bring in some MI6 people. Train the rest of the staff. We'll just kill the MI6 people. This will all work out. Trust me. That's really funny. That's really funny. It's, it, and like, it's funny because it, that, that story starts and ends with the two most interesting bookends of any of the James Bond stuff I've, I've listened to so far. But the middle is all fluff. Like It starts because it's a, I think it's the last thing Ian Fleming wrote. And it starts with James Bond coming back from a mission in which he was kidnapped by the KGB and reprogrammed, and he attempts to murder M upon coming back. And then he's deprogrammed, and they send him after this man with the golden gun to infiltrate, knowing that he's probably going to get killed because the man with the golden gun brags constantly, and it's, it's true, he eats people like that, like agents for breakfast. Yeah. And then it ends after all of the you know minutiae of running a hotel. Uh, it ends with James Bond turning down, getting knighted by the Queen. <laughs> oh no! Yes. Why? Why? Because he's like, I don't, I don't need. Because you. he's like, no. It's more like if you knight me, I can't do my job and king, uh, Queen and country first, and I don't want that kind of heat. I, I, I like being anonymous. I just want to get back to work. Is he there uh, at the ceremony and it's just like no, and then just like stands no, up and walks out? <laughs> he, it's not. It's just he's. A, it's it's really anticlimactic. Actually, he's in a hospital <laughs> with uh, his old secretary, who obviously is not a secretary anymore, but she just happened to have been around in Jamaica when he went. And they, and I think I told you about this. They're the ones who have the consensual sex, where they're like, "Hey, we both just like each other. We don't work together anymore. Let's just have some sex. No one." And she's into it. I mean, everyone's into it. But so at the end, they're con she's helping him convalesce because he gets very injured. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And M 
sends through her a telegram and he resp- he has her respond to the telegram <laughs> while he's convalescing and it's just like sorry can't take it you know <laughs> um but yeah but no knickknack who is uh one i, I actually think one of my favorite henchmen just because i love her villages i loved actually seeing a little person kick the shit out of james bond i know and i just as i think i said this during during james bond the during when we did that movie uh, I just wish they handled him with a bit more respect. I don't think they were out and out like, uh-uh. you know, shitting on him. But the way he ends up, as opposed to the way other villains mm-hmm. or henchmen mm-hmm. end up, was very disrespectful. I think it was more because we can't kill a little person. That's going to cause some issues. <laughs> it's like, you'd kill anyone. You killed the giant person. You killed him immediately. off a train. Yeah. You off a train. You murder women and children, James Bond. Just kill the man. He's evil. He's just like the rest of us. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but but that's it. So uh, before we move on to the Austin Powers trilogy, uh, is, is there any other highs and lows we didn't hit that you, uh, you feel we need to talk about? And I had my highs of I had I have my lows, which is J.W. Pepper. Um, yes, of course. Bond, like doing the tarot cards with like a cloak on him. I hate that. Uh, oh, that's my little octopusy. I hate that line. Clowns. Uh, those are those are pretty low. But highs. A pigeon doing a double take. A pigeon doing a double take. <laughs> um, black exploitation cab drivers <laughs> not great oh yeah not good but but at least look but in defense of that movie at least it was trying to be a black exploitation yeah, movie yeah. so it so wasn't interesting like it's it doesn't excuse it and i don't think it works but at least it was achieving what it was trying see man yeah. hey, moonraker for that that nothing <laughs> not on my show Jenny. no it's our show <laughs> you could like moonraker i'm kidding <laughs> Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'll back off. <laughs> hey, um, I mean, highs. I actually appreciate Roger Moore. I have, I have highs and lows of him, but I, he gets. I thought he got worse. I genuinely thought his character got worse. But it seems like he grew up and throughout his movies a little bit. I really, I a hundred percent agree with that, Ginny. Because he starts off, and even in the Spy Who Loved Me, he's kind of a shit heel. Yeah, like he's nasty. He is like. You know, all James Bonds are misogynist and sexist with a capital M, but he's got a capital M underlined with like an umlaut or some other like, uh-huh. you know, something it. from he's another language. It. Like he is like, he's the most misogynist Bond in some of these movies. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like by the end, he's a bit more tempered. He's, he's a yeah. bit more understanding. He, this is a Bond intentionally or not that has had growth because of his missions. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if it was something that he was he was tired, but I I thought I appreciate that. I think he grew up a little bit. Yeah, I do too. And I don't know. I might I, I have to really consider this. I'm not promising, but I might move him up for my least favorite bonds because there were so there was a lot here to really enjoy this this like mm. there there were issues. There were issues, but I think there were there's more fun to be had in the Roger Moore era than there are problems and, and that's more. I never gave it that much credit. I always thought there were mm-hmm, more issues. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think my big takeaway, because because I echo everything you said, like you you read my mind and everything I everything you said. So, I think my big takeaway is I think I like Roger Moore a lot more in mm-hmm, rewatching agreed. this and discussing it with you. Mm-hmm, 
And and that's and that's what this is about, isn't it? Let's yeah, revisit. I, I think it is, right? It's about revisiting and under and getting a fresh perspective because you know, again, we talk all the time about like how you watch these movies. You watch them on TNT, right? Uh, mm-hmm. during a certain time. <laughs> same here. Uh, we watched them binge watch it. We called them as a kid. We we dipped in and out. You know, my stepfather would be watching it. I hated my stepfather. I wouldn't spend any time with him, but I'd you know, be in and out and I'd be watching and uh, and then I get obsessed with the, the Connery stuff in, in my high school, in my, my college years. And so, but like going through it as an adult and having like actual conversations about, about it and having to justify certain feelings or talk about certain feelings, it's really given me a lot of insight that I, I actually do kind of like the Roger Moore era. Mm. Well, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful discovery. <laughs> All right, I think that that brings us, yeah, baby, that brings us oh my to a gosh. episode of Austin Powers, yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, um, behave. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any impressions. I can only do, like, really dumb characters from these movies, because I have some, it's, <laughs> I, I, oh, I low-key love, um, Austin Powers. I used to, I used to like love them, and and every you know so many years I'd watch them and be like, oh, this still holds up. Oh, this is still pretty <laughs> funny. And now I watched it again. I was like, I haven't watched the sequels in a while. Uh, oh, oh, we're gonna talk about the sequels, but Ginny, before we talk about the sequels, I have to bring someone on from my cabinet of evil, someone who might back me up in my opinions where you disagree. Frau Farbis in a letter number four. Tim. <laughs> Tim. What's up, guys? Welcome. What's going on? Deep dive. Tim, have you officially met Ginny? Have you guys done a show together? We, we, what did we appear on together? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't Bond, but it was or was it? We, uh, we did Batman Forever. Oh, Batman oh, that's Forever. right. <laughs> we we were defending it while everyone yeah. else was right. bashing it. That's right. I, I didn't remember it. I wanted to make sure that you guys, you know, had the proper introductions. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it to get weird, mamas. We, we, mm. we, we were the defenders of Batman Forever. So yeah, we met. Happy Happy Birthday Week, by the hey, way, Jenny. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I, I, I do apologize for popping in unannounced, but no, I didn't welcome. get I didn't get a chance to do the deep dive because I said my Bond knowledge is not where it should be. But once I saw Awesome Powers, I was like, <laughs> I, I I gotta go jump on for that. There it is. Now, look, I've been trying to get you on the show forever. So if this is what ha- makes it happen, this is what makes it happen. Something at least I know. <laughs> um, oh. All right. So I figure with this, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about the first one. We'll deep dive the first one because I think I'm going to be honest. I think that first one holds up in a lot of ways that I was unsure it would. And then we can gloss over the second one, and then I can just verbally abuse a third one for a while and then we're done <laughs> but um okay well tim since you're joining us and since you're new to the show why don't you ex- uh, tell I, I, us i should have worn an eye patch i actually you know what i really wish i did just thought of it now because when our friend will came on and did an episode he actually dressed up as blofeld and I kind of wish I would have thought to dress up as Will as Blofeld for my <laughs> Doctor Evil, but there we go. That, um, that would have been great. Uh, all right, but but uh, Tim, t- talk about your like. So, did you rewatch it recently, or are you going off memory? I'm going off memory. All right, so talk, talk about them, your memory. I've, I've, I've seen them enough to really to to you know, I should be able to hold up with you guys. 
No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you will. Uh, but we'll, so talk about the first one. Like, what's what are your like thoughts, impressions, remembrances of the first one, and do you like thoughts and impressions, if any, uh, through like the James Bond lens? And if there are none, skip it. Um, I remember. I see. I think you're going to beat up on the sequels, but I kind of remember digging the second one more than the first one. Yeah. But well, everyone does, but me. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's where Doctor Evil really started. Like he really let loose a little bit. He was a little more, I don't want to say tight ass in the first one. That's not the right mm. word. I think he was still looking for the character in the first one, mm. and then he found that in the second one. I thought was much better. No, I thought it was a fantastic parody of Bond. It had all this, all the stupidity, like all wrapped up perfectly, cleverly, not just like you know poorly into a great movie. It, it had me rolling from the from the beginning. I, I absolutely loved the first one when it came out. Yeah, I, I I saw the first one in the theater. I was seventeen uh, or eighteen. I was I was in high school. Uh, I exactly. saw the second one first. Figure that out. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, that's I, why. I, that's why you like the second one more. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, because I, I saw the second one in the theater. Then I was like, well, I like this. Go back and watch the first one now. So that's what I did. Yeah, a lot of people slept on the first one. The first one was yeah. like a box office flop. Mm -hmm. It only got its sequels in rentals. That's mm -hmm. how I saw it. Right, yeah, that's how I, most Sorry. people saw it. I actually saw this movie in the theater, in Times Square, with uh, friend, the friend of the show, Steve Grogan, uh, and other people went to high school with. God, I, I'm getting old. I don't remember that anymore. Uh, and I remember like being obsessed with it. I was obsessed with Austin Powers, the character specifically. I actually do probably somewhere still own a, an Austin Powers blue velvet suit that I wore for high oh, no. uh, for, for uh, Halloween one year because I went as Austin Powers. I had the wig. Um, I love Dr. Evil. Like I this this first movie is one of my favorite comedies of all time. So that's kind of my history with this. Uh, Ginny, what's your history with this movie? I, I well, we, I probably watched this movie too young. There's a lot of my mom was visiting this weekend and we were talking about things we saw and they just didn't like monitor what we watched. So it was like a comedy. It was like an SNL guy. So they thought we'd all like it. And there was like a lot of dirty humor in it. Um, I love that. I think this movie holds up. I think this is just like a little classic bits that is, is even like, even I don't think it's horribly offensive, but I think there's, and there's sex jokes, but I don't think it's like, I don't think it's aged poorly because I think there's some physical comedy stuff that's just so funny and some like dumb jokes that I, I that we don't really do anymore. Um, I don't know. I, I like some. What was the gosh? It's just like the one line. Like, this is my um, my. Let me allow allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> introduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> I still quote that. I think <laughs> there is there is some fun. Like I always said about this movie, uh, Austin Powers is the way that Mike Myers gets to do all the stupid, dumb sex, like comedy jokes or whatever, and and just being stupid. And Dr. Evil is him being like his, see, I can actually act and be funny when I'm not mm -hmm. just playing my own shtick. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of how I view it. And I, but I like the funny stuff, like the, the piss gag when he first comes out of cryo freeze <laughs> yeah. and it's like uh, evacuation come evacuation. Come, <laughs> you know, I, I, that I think still worked for me. Yeah. Um, <sighs> the opening to this movie where like we played the Quincy Jones at the beginning where he does that whole 60s dance number. It's kind of like a send-up of Beatlemania. Um, I really enjoyed that. Like, Yeah, so I, I agree. I think this movie does still hold up with a lot of fun stuff. 
there's there's just some lines i this time i watched it for the you know i haven't seen it in a while i thought i like just remembered all these jokes the one line was so it was so like silly but he says it when dr evil's introducing his cabinet um like when he when he gets back into the future and what does he say about frau what's her name the, the, the woman Frau Brissena, like <laughs> which, she... by the way, Frau Forbissena, one of my favorite characters in this whole oh, this whole oh. shebang. She's so oh funny. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, she, what does he go? She she um, sends up the militia of the Salvation Army or something like oh, that. Yeah. Or she's yeah, the head right of the militia. It's like a yeah. dumb, I was like, I really thought that was funny. She's... She's the head of the militant wing of. <laughs> yeah. I, I like cackles. Like, I've never story. heard that. I never caught that before. Um, and then the, the, the I'm Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife Oprah. I think that's yeah. so stupidly funny. <laughs> I, I know. I absolutely agree. Uh, Tim, any any jokes that you remember from the first one that stick out? Because we're gonna get to the sequels after. But any any jokes from the first one that uh, stick out to you? My, the one that gets me every time still is just Doctor Evil giving his backstory. <laughs> oh God, yes. And can I? May I? May I? Because I actually the, the wanted great, to read through this. I I can say I laugh every goddamn time so, I watch so that good. part. It's the greatest thing ever. It's I actually. I was watching this a couple nights ago and I, I was watching that very scene and I sent Ginny and Ed uh, a message like, this is literally one of the funniest moments in my opinion of any comedy. And I'm just going to, I have, I have his little speech up because I wanted to talk about it because it's so brilliant. Like it's not only brilliantly written, but it's also brilliantly acted. But if I may indulge yes, very well, where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize. He would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. My favorite Sometimes, line. though it's mine too, actually. <laughs> Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy, the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess in the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. Joey's fucking gets me. <laughs> when I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, a Zoroastrian woman named Vilma ritualistically shaved my testicles. There's really nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. Like, <laughs> the writing on that is so no. good. <laughs> like, oh because like some of... I'm saying, yeah. Jason, we, we, we come from, from, from alcoholic dads who have made right. insane claims, right. like inventing the question mark. Which which makes it even way more funny. It just makes it because I've had my, my well, see, my father did it as a you no know, as joking, not really. But he has. Right. If I ever told you some of the stories he came up with, uh, like real quick, his his number one story that all my family loves is he beat Larry Bird in a game of basketball in, 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 the, park. So in the rain. He would in make, the rain. He would he would make yeah. crazy claims like he beat Larry Bird in the park in the rain at basketball. Yeah. They, they were playing till three. He was shooting hoops in the rain. Larry Bird gets out of a car, says, we'll play to three. So my father drove to the lane on him, scored two. Larry Bird said, I got to go. Shot the three-pointer, walked away, never saw him again. Oh my That's God. his story. Not even joking, <laughs> word for word. 
that's one of my father's <laughs> drinking stories. So inventing the question mark was tame yeah. to me, but it was still a phenomenal line. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't mean that. Like I asked you a question that I completely jumped on what you said because no, that's, that's literally I mean. my favorite part of the movie. But uh, yeah. go ahead. And I think it's appropriate that you discuss that, Tim, because who's in that scene? Um, what do you mean? Who that scene? Oh, Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Yeah, who? Carrie uh, Fisher. Who was Princess Leia? And as we know, let's shameless plug. Uh, Tim does shoot in the Sith here on Pop Culture Pros. Everything Star Wars. Uh, so join him for that. But yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Tim. Go for it. No, yeah, that that's uh, I'm a more I'm more of a Doctor Evil guy. So yeah, that 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 part really, it just like I was like hooked after that. I was like, I got to know more about this guy. That was hysterical. <laughs> and because it, it just keeps going, too, like you said. It just, it, it just gets more ridiculous uh, as it goes right. on. So, yeah, that, that part probably stands out the most for me. He sells it, too. Like, yeah, I, he does. Like, I, my biggest problem going forward with Dr. Evil is I think Dr. Evil becomes more just like into like, hey, I, I'm uh, I'm Mike Myers. I'm funny. Whatever I do is funny. Yeah. And uh, everything's going to be my shtick. But, like, here he's not doing his shtick. He's doing that with Austin Powers. Here he's genuinely being funny mm-hmm. in a sense of, like, yeah. he's very serious. And, and I, serious. what I like about him, Tim, is I think what you said that you weren't crazy about is he does have a stick up his ass. This mm-hmm. is a James Bond villain <laughs> resurrected in this insane world and just operating in that insane <laughs> world, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, two and three, he gets a little more silly because they play up the... They know people like the characters, so yeah. they play it up. It gets a little more silly, right. a little more funnier, you know, stupid. But yeah, this one is more like you said, straight lace. He means every word he said. Yeah. His mother's got web feet. Yeah, in a burlap sack. <laughs> it's such a great, such a great. What do you want to call it? A monologue, I guess. What do you want to call it's, it? Because he's so sincere. I love his like plans when he's like going to hold. He's like telling the UN. He's like. We're going. We're going. He tells his, his <laughs> yes. team. He's like the. All right, we're, we're going to go blackmail. We're going to tell the royal family that Prince Charles has been cheating. <laughs> yes, and they'll have to file for divorce. And they're like he was caught cheating, and he and Diana have divorced. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh shit. Oh, Which shit. is a great, like a great, like place of your curse word in that moment. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Shit. And the boss, and that, and that, and that, the yeah, yeah that, led, that led to one of the lines I've said all the time. Need, yeah. the, need the info all the time. <laughs> and, his, and his second one is great too. Okay, so we're going to create a laser and use that laser to like pretty much destroy the ozone layer. <laughs> it's so great. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's he's so good in this. So the one line I always quote over and over, it's so stupid. It's like Austin Powers going, oh, I fell over. Oh, I fell over. Again. <laughs> I say when my kids are like crawling. I'm like, oh, I fell over. Oh, this is this is me in a nutshell. This is you in a nutshell. This is me in a nutshell. Oh, I'm in a nutshell. Yeah, how'd, nutshell. How'd, I, how'd I get in his nutshell? Yeah, I like that. What's he do? The bit that's so great. We always used to do it was the um, where he's like, oh, well, you know what? I'll take the stairs. And he yeah. does the behind the And it's so, is that from something? No, I think it's such a good bit. It's so stupid. I love it. I, I only that's know it from that's this. That's a thing. That's a vaudeville thing. Yeah. Yeah, An old vaudeville thing. Uh, The guy on the Cosby show did it that one time. That's how I remember it. (laughs) That one guy did it. Yeah. Like, oh, come downstairs with me, young girl. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take the elevator and drink. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, but. um, Yeah, but I'm with you guys. Like, on this rewatch, I actually kind of 
I don't know. I didn't really love the character Austin Powers on this rewatch, but I doubled down on my love for Doctor Evil a hundred percent. Like, and, and just little things like he gets like he freezes himself in a giant Bob's Big Boy. Oh, in that I, first one. that's so funny when the, I that's a, such a stupid because they're even playing it super serious where they go, "Well, it looks like the shape of Big Boy." Yes. Goes, oh my God, he's back! And he goes, <laughs> "Big Boy's oh, back." Well, the Big Boy's never left. <laughs> He's always oh, offered right. the same quality. Yeah. In some ways, the big boy's never gone away. He's always offered it's everything. It's so serious. That's what makes it so great. Yeah, I, and I think that's what I love about this first one is there's like the second and the third. They're looking at the audience. They're winking to the audience. They're talking to the audience. Like you know, like this one, it plays seriously as serious, like as, as a serious comedy. Like you know, Doctor Evil's not winking at the audience, and he's not singing just the two of us with Minnie Me. <laughs> as fun as that might be, like. This is what if Blofeld from James Bond, who's really Lorne Michaels, like showed up in the 90s. And it's what a I serious think about parody, serious yeah. parody. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. It's a serious parody, exactly, as opposed to what the, the franchise becomes, which is, uh, you know, a, a looser parody. Not, I mean, it, I don't know, like watching some of these today, I don't know where, and yesterday, I don't know what they are parodying anymore at some point. Now the first one's a straight up James Bond mm. parody. The, the two, the other ones are just sequels. Yeah, right. It was parody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about uh, Scott Evil, Seth Green, <laughs> which I think is really funny in this movie. Uh, just like him again, it, it all has to do with him, like because his his whole thing is he. I want to be loved, right? I've never known you, and he's and he's like a, a like a, a goth kid like or is that maybe the second one where he's got the, the <laughs> black hair but, <laughs> but anyway i'm sorry go ahead Jane. oh no 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 it was he uh this um just that he plays it so like normal just like oh yeah we were down at the arcade and they were like oh what what are you gonna do and they, they were like fight us and we were like no get out make me <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> he's so dumb yeah i so i really appreciated him uh well, he, he, he's the guy who everyone wants to yell at the screen he's that guy for us because he's the guy like yeah well, oh, yes yes like if, if you can go back in time why don't you just kill him when he was a baby right? like, yeah, yeah. kill him all the, and, and and dr evil looks like the way he looks at him like hey, that's the dumbest thing i ever heard <laughs> like like i'm gonna do this giant elaborate plan that has no chance of winning instead yep. of just using my time machine to go back in time and kill us just like why, why are you feeding them just kill just kill him yeah scott evil's he, he's our like guy what are you doing stop doing that and you know doctor was like man i don't you're just a strange one here like i, I have the right plan so yeah i like scott too yeah and, and you're right dude that at the end when and actually Tim, this was your comment from before. I was saving it for now. I didn't know you were coming <laughs> off. But uh, when he had, when he wants to get them sent to the sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads, and, and Scott's like, wait, you're going to put them in there? You're not even going to watch them die? I got a gun. I'm going to go get the gun. We'll kill them together. Like, that's a really funny line. I just thought with the, like, the effortless of just the, no, I'm going to lock him in there, shut the doors, walk away, and assume it all went according to plan. Right. Like, right? What? What? Like he like, Scott thinks he's like hey, we'll kill him together. It's like you're crazy, man. I'm gonna close the door. He'll he'll die. Yeah. Like, we can kill him now. That's so great. So great. Um, and I think the the henchman parodies I think are really good in this. Uh, so we'll go through the henchmen. We'll start with number two. Mm, I Robert <laughs> Wagner. 
Robert Wagner. Robert Wagner, perfect role for Robert Wagner. Perfect role. Um, oh, um, the corporations. Love- it's all about corporations. Yes, and and by the way, this Robert Wagner act, and I didn't realize this ever until I watched it the other night, right? But Robert Wagner and Doctor Evil are set up because this movie, Austin Powers, actually has something to say about society, right? Because in the 60s, evil was, I'm going to hold your ransom and destroy and rule the world. And now evil is, what, I've given us a public face? I've earned $91 million. <laughs> yeah. I, $9 billion. What is this like? Like We make $9 billion a year at VirtuCon. I, I have built my, given my, put my life into doing this. But like, you know, this was the tail end of the 90s. So your villains were corporate chills, yeah, right? Yeah. So this movie's actually making a comment that like, no, no, no. Not only has good changed, not only has the swing and free sex changed, but evil has taken a new look. Mm, mm. And I think Robert Wagner was perfect for that. Mm. Yep, he was. Um, and then Mustafa had a funny death I, scene, I agree. <laughs> and I like it in the second one, too. I just that's a dumb little recurring bit that I like. I like Will Ferrell. Of him. Was Will Ferrell a household name at this point? No, no, he's just on SNL. And then, but that's like they do that now. With if you if you're kind of a starting player on SNL, like you're, yeah. maybe you'll get a little cameo and like a, uh, you know, um, something like a train wreck or something. Like you know, I don't know if uh, they do their you know movies anymore. Um, but like yeah, a, no, he wasn't like a big ladies, star yet. Ladies Man Three. <laughs> Remember Ladies Man, Superstar, yeah. all the classics. All the classics. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Robert Wagner is fantastic in this. Uh, um, my personal favorite is Frau Forbisna. I mean, she's, I just, and I love in the sequel, and this is this that a genuine laugh for me, when they go into the past and it's Rob Lowe as number two. <laughs> and it, it's just the woman who plays Frau Forbisna. <laughs> He's like, oh, number two, you look so young. And he looks so young. He just goes, like, what's like, right? <laughs> Frau, you look so right. 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 <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Random Task. Mm-hmm. I, I, I chuckled out there. I forgot that was his name. Great, great name. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, I think it's a great parody. Throws a shoe. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. Who throws a shoe? And Patty O'Brien, which I, I just <laughs> that always have to be lucky charms, but the setup for that was the setup for that joke was so smart. It's so funny and it's also so sincere and just like they, right. yeah, they're always after my lucky charms. Why do, why does right. anybody and, laugh when I say that? And that was Dr. Evil who's best <laughs> Trying to hold it in, it's so great. Yeah, like between that, like yeah, like and her, like it's a commercial, you know, the kids. I'm eating candy. Oh, this is fun. It's great. Oh, it's it's brilliant. So, all three of the four of these uh, are actually are based on James Bond villains. Because as I was watching, I was actually take. I actually did something I almost never do, and I I wasn't doing something else while I was watching the content. <laughs> Focus. uh, I focused. And I was t- taking notes. Right. So number two is the 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 guy from Thunderball. His name is Largo. Oh, I don't remember. I don't. I have to. I have to we'll get to him. Now. He's got the eye patch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frau Farbissina, 
again, it's from the Sean Connery run. She's based on yes. the woman from, from, I think, from Russia, Russia with, with Love, Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kleb. And, of course, Random Task is Odd Job. That, mm-hmm. that goes to that mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like how clever, like they didn't make them like carbon copies, but except for maybe random task, which that's all it needed to be. But like they gave them characters and had them resemble other like villains. So I really wanted to say how smart I thought like the setting up of these henchmen were. Mm. Oh, there's love there. There's love. A lot of love. There's a lot of love. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I absolutely love. I absolutely love Doctor Evil. Um, anyone want to talk about the Tom Ar- Arnold cameo? Because I, I, I was gonna Tom talk about. I liked it. I you have you gotta you gotta use Tom Arnold very oh, yeah. <laughs> specifically. I thought this was hilarious. I just like, the damn boy. What did you eat? The damn boy. What did you? That's that's actually the perfect. But it's so funny because it's like, who does number two work for? And it's like, yeah, you give that that stool head. Hell, oh, boy, hey, courtesy flush. And then he's not even surprised that it's just a man in the toilet. He's like, what did you eat? Like happy. <laughs> you tell that you tell that turd who's boss. <laughs> We're gonna get through this together. Just bite down and grip. Yeah, I, know a great I, line. I know I'm dating myself here, but I kind of miss a good Tom Arnold cameo, you know? Wow. I, I was a child of the 90s, so I watched Carpool. You ever see that movie? That's a Tom Arnold no, like, vehicle. <laughs> he, he holds a family ransom in the car, and they're just driving around, and there's annoying children. It's hilarious. Wow. Not a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have, I, I've never... <laughs> you don't need to. No, you don't need to. <laughs> Very 90s uh, movie. But yeah, then let's see. Uh... The fembots. We should talk about the fembots. Yeah, I think that's hilarious. I love them. I think I think that's still kind of like there's something iconic about the Barbarella and then the little right? like it's a great Halloween costumes. <laughs> so my, you know how I always do this. I always do like the jokes uh, based on what we watched. My joke today almost was: uh, Will Ginny reveal her machine gun jugglies? Will I reveal my shore and scrotum? And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's not the time for it. Maybe it's going to places we shouldn't go on this deep dive. Oh, it's so funny. And I also just love it just that scene where he blows them all up as the divinals I touch myself, which is like just one of the best songs ever written. Yes. And the, and the use of that. And actually that's oh, yeah. that's Mike Myers. Like I really like Mike Myers in this movie. I I, I really start to dislike Mike Myers after this movie. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, I really like him. And in this moment where he's just like, mm, he's doing these subtle things and you just see them like freaking out. Like, I just thought it was just well done, yeah. well paced, well yeah. shot. He was giving just enough like charm and assholeness. Like, yeah, I thought it worked. You know what he's good in? I actually like the scene where um, they're like in bed laughing and doing the, the chestnut thing. And she tries to kiss him and he's like, you're drunk. I don't I, I'm not doing that. And I like that. Yeah. Um, and he also gets really serious talking about her mom and he's like, she was an amazing woman and he's just kind of got like a, he's very sincere and I'm like, he's a really good actor. <laughs> Mike Myers could yeah. more serious work. And he absolutely could have. And I think he did, right? Wasn't he, didn't he play the guy who owned 54, Club 54? Yeah, oh yeah, 54. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was like his Oscar, trying to get that, you know, trying to get yeah. the Oscar, Oscar, you know. I want an Oscar, uh, baby. He was in a Bohemian Rhapsody. As the asshole, was he? Re- re- record yeah. owner. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was. He had one cameo. He was an asshole. It was great. 
I I've got to say I want to see it just for that because as I, like I, I'm happy he's still working because that, that's a newer movie, right? Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm, the last couple mm-hmm, of years. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's still working. Uh, although although after the the Love Guru, he needed I a break. No, he take a ten year break after uh, he, that. Yeah. He's trying to get Austin four off the board. This way he can get back in the spotlight. So he's oh, trying. God. He's trying, but no, but no one's biting yet, which is the which is oh. not good. And that goes that goes with the comment we had, right? Uh, one of my favorite trilogies. We need a fourth, mm. uh, Jeremiah. I I think uh, I think Mike Myers agrees with you. Uh, he really He's giving the people what they want. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so let's see. I liked uh, the the there was a, a homage to Goldfinger here, right? Do you ex- do you expect them to pay, yeah, Mr. Powers? I expect them to die. That was really nice. Uh, the let's see, the lab coat gag I thought was really nice when they're they're going to infiltrate Doctor Evil's like base, and they see a really tall guy, and a really fat yeah. woman with a lab coat, and they they give each other a nod. They go when they come out and it's perfectly fit. <laughs> um, and and. Here's my here's one of my problems with it, and it's it's stupid, but Austin Powers obviously needs oral surgery. And Vanessa gives him toothpaste and a toothbrush, as if his problem is that in the nineteen sixties people just didn't brush their teeth. That's British dental. That's different <laughs> from American nineteen sixties. Yeah, you know. <laughs> The, you know, the people in the 90s, all they really just wanted to do was just brush their teeth. And they thought, oh, we're, that's, that's care. That's it. We're good. Nothing okay. else. No other dental work. <laughs> um, but so, all right. So before we get into the sequels, uh, does this movie hold up? Like overall, does, does this movie hold up? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You can watch, I mean, you can watch it. If you can watch it now and still laugh, that's all I need. It's raunchier than a lot of movies are today, but that's that's part of the bit. That's part of the jokes, and that's kind of it's you know what it's parodying. That's 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 all, what it's about. Yeah, it, it was shot very well, like mm-hmm. like a like a sixties Bond movie or a seventies spy yeah. movie. The different you know, the different scenery boxes moving around, and although I, I thought it, and it looked like it really did look like it was from the sixties mm-hmm, to the seventies, mm-hmm. which, which was a great job by uh, was it Jay Roach? He directed Jay Roach, yeah. yeah, yeah, great great job by them and all the for making it look that way. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. I think this is uh, still one of my favorite comedies of all time. Like, I like I watch it and I go, I absolutely cannot fathom why anyone would want to have sex with Austin Powers. He <laughs> looks like Mike Myers, and he's twice as obnoxious. And hairy. Uh, yeah, and very, very hairy. And and like when when we get to the third one with with everyone's freaking out about his mole, it's like um, oh. you know, what's his face his mole? Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, Mike Myers. Have you looked in the fucking mirror, buddy? You don't have the clearest of face. I'm not judging you, but but leave this mole guy alone. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it definitely holds up. I think it's a really fun parody of not just uh, James Bond movies, but like 60s spy stuff, like Mrs. Kensington and Miss Kensington are definitely the Emma Peel type. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The yeah, army, yeah. like the army guys look like straight out of the 60s, like yeah. spy movie guys. It was yeah, really, yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. Like they, it really looks good. And I know this movie, it did have a low budget, but it it, it has the lowest budget of the three. I mean, this, these oh, yeah. movies get crazy. But I think what they do with the budget, like it... <laughs> 
it it feels authentic and it works. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched it in a while, I'd say go see it. Doctor Evil, just worth it for the Doctor Evil monologue about his past. <laughs> <alone. laughs> mm-hmm. Um, oh, and one more thing before we forget, there was one more James Bond reference I wanted to talk about, which is when Random Task shows up on their honeymoon <laughs> at the end. That is directly taken from uh, Diamonds Are Forever, where I think Wint and, and Kidder, I forget their names, but they're two assassins who show up at the end while James Bond's like getting getting it done with his lady, <laughs> and they try to kill him, and he has to like kill them. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, I'm going to open it up. I-, I will talk about the sequels last. I guess we can talk about both of them at once. Uh, Tim, you're you you you're more of a sequels guy, you said. So uh, we'll talk about the sequels. What's your opinion? Uh, we don't have to do it in depth. Just what do you remember was fun about it? Do you think it still holds up? Things like that. Yeah, I see. I, you said the first one was was the more parody, a little more um, straight straightforward. You know. I would say clever even too, but the second one ramps up the stupid jokes. You know, Doctor Who becomes a little more silly, which I personally like. I thought that I thought he was funnier out of this whole movie. Um, I think that yeah, I fell in love with him here because I said I saw this one first, so uh, I was dying laughing. Like I remember, I remember the MTV stuff with well, the first Austin Powers. And I was like, this looks dumb. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna watch this, but for some reason we went to see the second one on a whim, like for no reason, and I, I was like, "This is fucking great! I got to go back and watch the first one now. It's so great." And I remember, I remember watching it. Other than the monologue, I was like, well, "Doctor, he wasn't really that funny in this one. He was funnier in the second one." Um, but no, I mean, all the all the great gags are there, and of course, he introduced my favorite character, which we all know, uh, Mike Myers is con- contractually obligated to do Scottish. <laughs> at, at some point in his life, and, and that's Fat Bastard. I thought Fast Bastard was funny. I liked Fat Bastard. Not Shrek. Yeah, not Shrek. <laughs> it's all Shrek. It's all Shrek. It's all Scott. Whatever he has to do a Scottish accent. It's it's in his contract. It must be done. So, and I I enjoyed Fat Bastard very much. I thought he was great. I, I call probably Fat Bastard more than, more than any other character. <laughs> Actually, every time, every time people, you know, I'm a big dude, you know, and I get the advice. Well, you know, you know, you should really lose weight, and I pull out the, I, I'm hungry because I'm <laughs> sad, and I'm sad because I'm hungry. I, I pull, I pull that line out. That's from the third one, though. That's from the third one. I pull that line out all the time. I'm depressed because I eat, and I eat because I'm depressed. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Actually, Tim, that is from the second one. That's at the very end <laughs> of the it, second I one. Only yeah, was the third one. Was and I only know that because I just watched the second one like okay. yesterday and today. Like uh, that, he shows up because oh, he the goes end. thin. He gets thin in the third one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, is, right. Because yeah. in the second one, I because that actually I don't like Fat Bastard, but I thought that is his like that's his moment mm-hmm. where like because he's got them at gunpoint and uh, Felicity Shagwell's like trying to talk him down off the ledge and he goes to that moment and then yeah. so yeah that is that is funny i agree with you and then he farts which is again <laughs> and then he just goes ah fuck it i was gonna kill you anyway <laughs> um, uh, so Ginny, what about you uh do I, I know what, what memories do you have of this movie. I because I saw I, I like we saw the first one and then we were all excited for the second one and the just the the what if God was one of us on the piano. <laughs> so I also just watched 
Island of Dr. Moreau recently, like a few months ago. And it's like the Island of Dr. Moreau. And just, the, you know, do, 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 do. I just, that was so stupid. Blee, 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 blee. Blah, blah, doobie. So dumb. So dumb. Um, and he's playing and- with Mini Me. So thank you, Jeremiah, for the reminder. Because he is playing with Mini Me, which, as you said, Jenny, that's a reference to the Island of Dr. Moreau, which is not a James Bond movie. But maybe that's from the, the commercial. I mentioned that in the commercial, and I, st- I died laughing from that. He goes, He's exactly like you in every single way, except one hits your sides. And the way yeah. the camera and his reaction, I, I actually, and then, and then, you know, he comes walking over and he hops up on the seat. He goes, Hello, Mini Me. And that's it. it was autom- he fell in love at first sight. It was a love at first sight. And, and Mini Me and Scott. Oh, yeah. probably the best, oh. have the best rivalry in the in the, in the second two movies. The movies. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> What's he I, saying? I he's like, hey, look at him. He's he's trying to like bite me. Or what's <laughs> <laughs> he's he's trying to kill me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and of course, it had uh, it began the greatest running gag joke, which was you know, Scotty shh, shh, shh which was you know, I, I which I absolutely love that joke too. I, I love the bit where he goes in like again his evil plan where he's like um I forget what the bit is where he just goes but it, we'll call it the Alan Parsons project. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> funny. And I love laughs. yeah. And Scott again, Scott is us. He, he you know he's always he's always us. He's like dude, Alan Parsons project is a progressive rock band. Everything, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> would you just call it Wang Chung? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I, I like so my my thing about this movie is I think some of it is real funny. Like I love I love them on the Jerry Springer show. It's stupid. It makes no sense. I should hate it, but it's funny. Like <laughs> oh, when he when he comes out, he does what every Jess does. What? And then and then when he's when he starts to fight, like <laughs> he's like, okay, okay, man. you son of a bleep, 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 bleep. And then <laughs> like, oh, back, I thought, okay. Like, Okay, then he goes at it again. He goes, yeah. It's so I, I, thought, I thought that was real funny. I like the Dr. Evil song, the nod to Goldfinger, like, evil. Like, that was fun. Um, let's see. I like the Dr. Evil on Starbucks. I think that's hysterical. Uh, I do actually like Mini-Me. I think Vern Troyer is really funny in these movies. Um, and I realized just today as I was watching it that, like, that's their send up for knickknack. Yeah, yeah, because he fights and, and right. And uh, Tim, I don't remember how much you remember the James Bond movie. Knickknack was in was a Roger Moore henchman played by Hervé Villachez from uh, Fantasy Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually watching it today, it was like my only problem with Mini Me is I kind of wish they gave him more character. Like he's got to be Doctor Evil's clone, and he's always quiet. He doesn't get to mm. do much in this in a lot of these movies, and it's like. I kind of wish they just would have went full in and made him like a knickknack character. But by, by the third movie, maybe he's actually like speaking and right. has like you know his own agenda. Um, but oh, okay. I also love on the Jerry Springer show. I was yeah. just gonna say where um, I think I forget the bit where he's like, um, "We have to tell you that you're not actually like you're you're our child because." Frau and Dr. Evil sleep together and it's they yeah. conceive Scott. But I think Scott's like, but you, I think I was like, he's like, that's not true. That's not what you told me. And she's like, mm, lies. All lies. Lies. <laughs> I think I used to say that all the time too. We'd go, lies. All lies. I was going to say, that's one of my most quoted lines of all time. Lies. 
I, I think that's hysterical. Uh, I love Rob Lowe. I forgot he's in this movie. I love him mm-hmm. as, and he's he's in a cutscene in the first one too. If you've ever mm-hmm. seen the the cutscenes, like there's a whole scene about like revolving around the family of the security guard who oh. run over by the very <laughs> slow moving yeah. thing, and Rob Lowe is like one of the family members. That's funny. No, um, but I love his number two here in the past. Um, and but, he gets his so, cla- well, he gets his classic uh, hideout. You know, he goes back in time. Yeah. Your, your base is ready. Is it? Is it in a hollowed out volcano? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I've actually I've actually checked in on Facebook from my hollowed out volcano lair. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so I think for me, with it, where where I start to where this movie and the sequel and and the third one more more so really falls apart though is like why are we traveling through time why like why are we dealing with fucking mojo like i know like you literally take the 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 spy who loved me which is one of the best james bond movies of all time you give us the spy who shagged me fucking parody that movie give me something from that movie give me if you're doing the spy who loved me give me a jaws type thing um Give me something that isn't like this. Now it's personal. Oh yeah, baby. Now it's personal. It's like this is this. By the way, is where Spectre comes from. This and the third one is where the movie Spectre comes from with Blofeld. Like everything's personal, Mister Bond. You know, it's like I I really I I didn't enjoy a lot of that stuff. I thought, um, although Fat Bastard has that really fun moment. My problem with him is like as you, it's what you said. Mike Myers has to do a Scottish accent. He's not getting paid enough to do Shrek, apparently. He's got to bring <laughs> Shrek here. And it's like, but I wouldn't even mind that if he had a character. But mm. his character is, he's fat. And all the jokes that revolve around him, he's fat and disgusting. You know, and it's the, like, and I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, no, I, you guys, sorry. I was just going to say the worst bit is because this is either like, either it can get really gross, and the gross part is when they get the stool sample and it's Ugh. mixed where right, the coffee's right there and the stool sample is there. I was like, that still, I think, gets me. And I don't, not a lot gets to me. That's so gross. It's, it's, it's so very gross. nutty. <laughs> it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I realized uh, it, the second one became more about Dr. Evil, I think, than Austin Powers. I thought he was way more in the forefront than Austin Powers was in, in the second one. And uh, and again, like I said, I said Fat Bastard, I quote all the time. All the time. I always say uh, I got a crap on deck like a choke a donkey. That's just, one of my fa- that's just one of my favorite lines. And I, and I got a turtle head poking out like that one too. I use that with the kids all the time. So, yeah, they don't like it. But what are you going to do? <laughs> they're stuck with it. Yeah, they're stuck with it. I'm trying to educate these kids, you know, get them to watch think, real good movies. They got to know. Yeah, know baby. <laughs> um, I agree with you that this is definitely a Dr. Evil's movie. I think that's why he has the song, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's his song that opens this movie. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, what else did I, I – I guess that was – oh, wait, we should bring up the assassin uh, – Robin Spitz. I love. I kind of love that a little bit. Yeah. And her oh, maiden name funny. swallows. Swallows. Yeah. yeah. Robin Spitz and swallows. <laughs> Which one is it, baby? Yeah. And just the why won't you die? Because <laughs> 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 like blown. That's. I think it's pretty great. 
<laughs> and then, you know, so we got Heather Graham's Triple X. We got the giant laser on the moon. Obviously, this is a send up of Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they get to space again, the spacesuits. Yeah, full on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, we, we get a Heather Graham gets a Honey Rider moment. So yeah, two... she's such a vintagey she's looking. Gorgeous. She's got a very, I love her. And she's like, she's, I like that she's so American. And that she's an American, like, but there's just like full, like if he's British, she's like American flag. I always we love that in the '90s, but we, there's the we Union do. Jacks are like America. I was like, come on now, it's a great we, visual. We absolutely did. <laughs> and, you know, they did try to give you your, your explanation. Remember the explanation from the time travel? Basil's just like, don't worry about it. Just enjoy <laughs> yeah. yourself. It looks, it looks right at the camera and goes, don't worry about it. Just have a good time. See, I like that. Another- though. That's another thing I hate about this movie, though, is like, just look. It's so it's kind of lazy. We're just gonna look into the camera, and and they look into the camera so often. Like this is this was a James Bond parody. Isn't this the perfect moment to introduce a Q type character who explains it? And it, you could it, the the explanation could be nonsense, mm. but just mm. I don't know. Just give me something other than. I didn't think about this. Why are and I wrote it. Why are you thinking about this? Like it's the, it's the Mike Myers show. We can't have it, another SNL cast member come in and be funny, you know, cute. Right, right, exactly. If, and if, he's if, already if Chris doing Farley, his Chris Farley was alive, he would have been in this movie. Yeah. I'd actually wouldn't mind seeing Chris Farley as fat bastard, to be honest with you. I think it would be a funnier portrayal. He's stealing the show is what would yeah. happen. Um you know, I saw I saw Goldmember in um, in theaters, and I thought that was the funniest thing. We couldn't stop Goldmember. laughing in theaters, right? Um, and now I rewatch and I go, "This is like I can't." Some of it's really funny, and then some of it's just like, "Oh, this is like so dated and very 2000." When we get to it, I'll give you I'll give you one word why that movie's not as good as the rest. I'll, I'll give one word. All right. When we I'm, get to it, I'm, I just want to say one more thing about Austin Powers too, and then let's go into the third one. So, as I said in the first one, I thought that movie had a message, right? Capitalism is the real enemy, <laughs> not, not your 60s arch villains, right? And what happens in this movie is so much product placement. Yeah. Get your hands off my hiney, baby. My time machine's a BMW. Oh, behave and ride Virgin Airlines. And no. it's like, this movie sold out so bad that, in my opinion, I lost so much respect for Mike Myers after that. How Badly, he sold out in this movie. Oh, well, he, did it, he, he did it for Wayne's World, but he did it on purpose in Wayne's World. Yeah, that's funny. The, in Wayne's World. <laughs> that was the joke in Wayne's World, yeah. though. Like this first movie sets up an anti-capitalist like sort of theme, and it follows it up with "Time for a cash grab, baby." Yeah, and the, thir- and the third one's even worse. And so that'll bring us into the third one. Uh, Tim, why don't you talk about the third one? Well, I'll tell you one word why this wasn't what's good as the other ones. Beyonce. (laughs) Do not like her at all. That's the one thing in this shithole. No, 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 not the one thing. Okay. The the main thing. The main thing. Even still, the main thing. I mean, (laughs) I can't stand that woman from top to bottom. Singing, oh. acting, walking, breathing, living—I can't stand her. So she she takes me out of the movie immediately. With her, <laughs> o- o- I mean, I understand she's going for the over-the-top '70s black yeah, type yeah. character, but I don't think she pulled it off. I just don't think she. She was. She was so young. She was like 22, 21 at the time. She's like a baby. I guess. Maybe younger, like nineteen. But that's maybe weird. Be, yeah, maybe she'd be better now, but I don't know. I got two words for her. Jennifer Hudson. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank 
Fair enough. She won that Oscar. I can't argue with that. <laughs> you know, there's a funny. The, I, there's I, there has to be stuff that you like about that Gilm because there are. There's just so many bits oh, in it. It's I'll tell you right now. Tom Cruise. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Tom Cruise's oh, yeah. Austin Powers was was the whole. I think that whole parody opening was phenomenal. That whole thing was great. Danny DeVito. Uh, what's I thought name? that was About Kevin Spacey. Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, Gwyneth, Kevin yeah. Spacey. That was yeah. pretty brilliant. That and it's funny because I, I forgot about that. I was watching this one. I was Spielberg. Like, this is opening a, like a Mission Impossible movie. And I was about to ding it because I'm like, are we forgetting what we're parodying? And then it was actually Tom Cruise. And I was like, oh, no, that's that's I, I forgot about that. That's real funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but I gotta tell you that's it that's the that's the one only laugh I got in this movie was that yeah. that beginning opening because it's so there's too much stuff but the the one the two bits I remember I think that are still funny in my mind if it's on TV and I watch it is the joke when he is a young guy or when he goes to get knighted and at the knighting ceremony he's like yeah there's one person I want to thank my dad stand up dad take a bow and his dad's nowhere <laughs> wow, <Everybody, baby. laughs> everyone laughs at him and it cuts to this old janitor also kind of laughing yeah, at him yeah, and then he has yeah. the flashback when he's a kid and he's also getting an award and he's like yeah dad stand up take a bow dad's not there everyone laughs and the old man from the future is in this like past flashback laughing at him that's funny and then I love it there's a stupid scene with Beyonce and or, or Austin Powers is going to go talk to her and um, uh, what's his name? Sits down. Um, uh, who is oh, Nathan, Lane. Nathan, Nathan Lane? Nathan Lane. Yes. He's like yes. glammed up in like seventies, and he like starts to do he like he's like, the, yeah. I'm using this cat as a distraction. <laughs> I don't know why they did it. It's just really funny to me. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to give this movie some credit because that scene ends with Nathan Lane kissing Austin Powers, uh -huh, uh -huh. and the punchline isn't a gay panic joke about ew. It's just kind of Austin Powers going. Fuck just happened. Going woo. That was a good and I, I appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds really good. That was um, a good part. I like that part. You, so you that don't like good. Austin, you don't like Goldmember. You don't I, like I hate eating Goldmember. the skin. You don't like Goldmember? I hate Goldmember. Really? I think I I think Goldmember should be called um Mike Myers masturbating to his own idea <laughs> of how funny he is. Because there's nothing funny. Like, what does he do? I like gold. Oh, you and your father? Oh, I'm from Belgium. Isn't that I'm from the Netherlands? Isn't that weird? I eat my own skin. Like, the fuck's his deal, man? Nothing about that is funny to me. Like th what that looked like was that was Mike Myers going, oh, you wouldn't let me put this character on SNL, but I'm so much funnier than everyone. Look, I'm going to put it in my movie, and I'm going to play every single obnoxious character in this movie as obnoxiously as I am in real life. Uh, and that is how it, like, I fucking hate the character of Gold. Do you like it when John Travolta plays him in the movie version? <laughs> uh, I didn't get that far in my rewatch. I think I John, it's John Travolta at the end. They turn around and it's him doing. I think that's Wait, amazing. Him doing the impression. Funny. Of, that's uh, funny. But like, but if you're asking me, would I endure an hour of I like gold for that punchline? No, it's not worth it. No. And why it pisses me off is because they had a great opportunity here. You're parodying Goldfinger. Okay, it's Goldmember. He smelts people's penises. I'm actually in on that. I think that's a really fun parody version of Goldfinger, right? Why is he just this insane nothing? Like, why isn't he a presence in this movie? Why is it like they put Dr. Evil in prison 
and he becomes like you get Hannibal Lecter, which that that's kind of hit or miss. That that mm. some of that scene between them is fun, the Hannibal Lecter stuff. But like, why doesn't Goldmember, played by someone who's not masturbatory Mike Myers, become the villain of this mm. and do like? But he doesn't. He just he's just a fucking a two note shtick. It's a Mike the, Myers show. The, the GLC, The best line is. Uh, uh, quid pro row, Mr. Powers. Yes, squid pro row. <laughs> yeah, right. I used to say that all the time. Too. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, for a long time, I didn't know what that meant either. So, so I heard it, I would go, yes, squid pro row to you too. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's a great line. That, that's, yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, I will give you that. Um, and then, then they're all college roommates together. What the fucking shit oh, is that, guys? Dr. Evil and Austin Powers were college roommates, and they're really brothers. Again, this yeah. the, the, the Spectre stole from this garbage. <laughs> Spectre really did steal. I, I, yeah, I don't like the brother thing either. We're missing the that, point that, that, that James Bond ripped off on Austin Powers' movie. You're yes. totally right. You're absolutely right. I believe that conspiracy. I, look, hey, hey, tell me. Uh, you, you tell me it's a false flag. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna plant a false flag about James Bond and Austin Powers right here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It just so much about this movie pisses me off that I- I'm not gonna say there's no fun to be had in it. I just can't have it because I'm so pissed off about so much of this movie. Because again, I came at these this. I love that first one. I have mixed feelings about the second one. I can't possibly condone the nonsense in this movie, even with Sir Michael Caine getting doing possibly his yeah. best paycheck performance before the, the before the Michael Caine resurgence, the Renaissance. Yes, before you the Caineissance. The Caineissance. <laughs> I like when they speak English. English too. That I'm not even going to try to quote one of those lines, but when they speak English, English, that's so great. The how's your yeah. how's your father? Well, she real poor boy. She's six and seven. I say six and seven, sir. Like, yeah, it's, I think it's so funny. <laughs> that is good. And and Michael Caine is great in everything he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't you don't like fuck me and fuck you. That was Ooh. the stupidest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it was fucking terribly racist. Like, I, I, and and look, I, I'm I don't I don't like to pull this card, but like you watch these movies and so few people of color, and when we get people of color, it's an Asian joke. It's same thing in the second one. Like we get one Asian person of color, it's an Asian person, and it's 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 that actually very effective joke of what the hell is that? That looks like a a, a giant. Yeah, right. You know, Pay attention. Yeah. Yes, and it's like maybe that would be funny if you had other people who were in this movie doing things, mm-hmm. but they didn't. But but it's like the fuck me fuck you thing. It's like what is what are you doing? Like. And again, what do they bring him? Oh, we got your honey, baby. It's more product placement, baby. The only one thing is a kind of not beloved to me, but I had friends, like girl girlfriends in college who would always my twin sister would like uh would like come into town or we'd be like hanging out. And then my friend would always go, Twins, Basil, twins. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like I was kind of like everybody was like, twins, twins, basil. <laughs> and I, oh. I like I like the updated uh Dr. Evil, Scotty, and a uh, mini me joke with the, you know, with the, it's a chocolate, and that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got was, yeah, it's got a Nepal. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I, yeah. I think I was, I think that was the part where I was laughing the most. And that's in the, that's in the first 10 minutes. So I, I, I think, I, I think the first 15 minutes are great because it's the, it's the Tom Cruise parody into yeah. that scene when he gets, when he gets released. And then after that, yeah, kind of like, eh, whatever. As, has a few jokes here and there, but. 
Yeah, I, I agree. That chocolate scene, like, you know, because uh, it also good, like, it goes into, that's when Scott first comes, he's, I, I lose track, actually, in these movies, but they're, they're still in the present, and Scott's like, uh, you always favor him, and he's like, well, you know, he likes chocolate, Scotty doesn't. I like, I like chocolate. Yeah, I like chocolate <laughs> just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just becomes so stupid, and I do, like, that's the thing. I don't hate Dr. Evilness. I just don't think he's as good as in the first one. Like, I, I do like stupid, petty, I'm being an idiot, Dr. Evil. But, like, in the second one, I thought it was a bit too far when it's like, talk to the hand because the face don't want to hear. Like, I, I think they pushed it a bit too far. But I agree with you. The first 15 minutes of this movie, absolutely enjoyable. It goes off the rails after that. All right. Uh, anything else to wrap up, uh, Austin Powers-wise or... Roger Moore wise, I'm sure. I'm sure tomorrow I'll wake up and think of like three more jokes that I liked, and I, I'll, I'll be pissed off about it. But no, yeah, no. I, I still, I still, I can sit through the third one. I can, if, but not really. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh my god, this is you know, this holds up perfectly. It doesn't. But like I said, the first 15 minutes, and there's a few jokes here and there that I still really like. Uh, one I haven't seen in a while, but two and two I really like. I'm, I'm a big Doctor Evil in Part Two guy, so I think, as I said, I think that's his movie. That's where he shines. <laughs> he does have some. He does have a lot of good moments in that. Yeah, Excellent. So, does. so two, one, three. That's your. That's your ranking. Mm. Yeah, my ranking two, one, three. All right, Ginny. I think I go. I do love two. That's a good summer movie. I should probably rewatch. They're all good summer movies. I feel like I want to watch them in the summer, like have a beer. But so I go first, second, and third. I really. I think the third one is like I can't do it. It's so long and like you know crazy so. so funny thing because i looked at this they're all literally the same length within five For real? yeah it's just so the third long. one third one is so bad it feels so long after <laughs> that first 15 minutes <laughs> um yeah i don't think it's any shock for me i go for one two three like i i love the first one i think i literally think that speech that he gives uh is one of the funniest things it's the funniest <laughs> thing mike myers has done in my opinion Mm-hmm. I think that, like, the fact that in the first one he is Lorne Michaels, like, that was the gag. Yeah. I think that's real fun. Uh, I do like so- certain aspects of two because you're right, it's Dr. Evil's movie. Even even the stuff that I don't necessarily love about the changes in his character, I do love just the pettiness. I love seeing him in Jerry Springer. I, there's, there's a lot of fun to be had in the second one. Third one, again, I couldn't get through it, man. That That's like, if I wanted to watch Mike Myers masturbate, I'd go to the dark web. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ew. Well, you might be a cunning linguist, but I'm a massive debater, baby. Ah, yeah, baby. You get it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> also, that first that first Austin Powers movie, a flawless soundtrack. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the second soundtrack, too. I love Madonna. I like- you got Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. I like the second one a lot, too. Third one, I don't, I'm not really familiar with. But that first one. Is like because the second one again, it's a bit more commercial. You got Madonna, mm-hmm, you got Lenny Kravitz, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good stuff. But that first one is what, packed with weird what is, stuff. That... What does the third one have? Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so Tim, uh, you own what? Seven copies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 if you, I don't, I have no problem with anyone liking Beyonce, but I don't, I don't understand the the worship. You just you just appreciate Michelle Williams uh, as the superior Destiny's Child member. That's true. That's and I and I understand it. No, I just don't understand the worship. Like I understand. Oh, she's a good artist. Oh, she's okay, fine. But the worship baffles me. 
baffles me. I'm a Rihanna fan. I'm a Rihanna fan. You can be both, but I prefer Rihanna. <laughs> I like that. Uh, excellent. All right. Uh, don't worship Beyonce. We've learned that. Uh, all right. And then we're going to end this with three parts. There's in part three, they're setting up Seth Green to be the evil in four. I agree with that. I kind of actually wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, but I'm going to, before I, before I, I, I get to the plugs, I had a crazy idea I wanted to share with you guys, right? When they eventually reboot this movie and they will, because we reboot everything, right? We rebooted Ghostbusters, which was a movie that was the one great movie and like a crappy second movie and a bunch of cartoons and you know, that then, and we rebooted that into something we all love. So it's going to happen with Austin Powers. Hear me out here. You have Chris Hemsworth play Austin Powers. Because I think the problem with Austin Powers in my rewatch here is that I cannot possibly understand why anyone would want to have sex with him. <clears throat> like he's exactly. not. That's the joke, though. The joke is that it's a it's a British. It's it's, it's almost like an anti-British thing. It's a like joke in the first one. Has, like someone has to have sex with British men because they're obviously reproducing. <laughs> <laughs> they all, they all yeah. look like that. Yeah. I, I think and that's he's the sexiest of all of the exactly. British men. I think that's supposed to be the joke. <laughs> okay. All right. But I just think, like, with with how, especially when you get into the sequels, how, like, everyone just falling at his feet. And even Miss Kensington is like, know. you know, I'm making stupid, I'm saying stupid things, and I'm very obviously in love with your mother, which is, and I never got to have sex with her, which is why I'm attracted to you. Uh, you know, like, I just, even that, it's like, He's being dumb, and she's like, oh, Austin, I'm reprimanding you. Oh, but he's so cute. It's, I know. It's like, he's kind of, like, it's not even about the way he looks. Like, I also don't think he's charming. I think he's quite obnoxious. And I think if the joke is you can be super good looking, but you're obnoxious, and, and the joke is, like, your 60s persona of this, like, outdated way you view the world – that is what what's making you unattractive, and that because because they are kind of getting it there, and he does have moments of growth in this movie, but I, I also think he's so in love with his own comedy that he can't let that stick and become a character mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you put someone like Chris Hemsworth, who's really good looking and very funny in this, it would be way more resonant. But you but you could not replace him as Doctor Evil. That's that's you know the else, caveat. You know why else it's a parody also because. It's also making fun of the fact that all you need to do is be famous. Hmm. I mean, if you look at some of these British bands, good point. I'm good sorry, point. Mick Jagger's not an attractive person. I don't <laughs> care. Even in his 20s, I don't give a shit. The dude's ugly. Yeah. Keith Richards is disgusting. Yeah, they've had thousands of women. I think that's just what the whole parody thing is. Okay. Just be famous. Just be famous. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I would accept that. Um, but again, I still I still push Chris Helmsworth in that role. I shit that. Uh, but all right, so that'll bring us to the end. I I really just was waiting the whole time to get that idea. I'm gonna anyway, pitch my idea. How, yeah, but how would you like see that? Jared mentioned you know Scott was being set up to be Doctor Evil, but see, I think if they should make a fourth one, I think they should completely forget the end of three, but make it a joke as the movie. Like, hey, wait a minute, didn't you turn good? What? <laughs> Aren't you guys brothers? No. Like, yeah, make funny. it, make it a running joke. Make it a joke throughout the movie. Like, didn't this happen? No, that never happened. What are you talking about? You know, I think that'd be even funnier. I agree. If you did that, absolutely. Like, walk back what you did. Make it like gaslight the audience. Right. And yeah. That's the joke. Is no, we all we all know what happened, Mister Powers. I was there. I stabbed you in the back. How could we be brothers? That would be stupid. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Something like exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I agree. And, and to be honest, with as much shit as I talked about two and three, I'll see four if it comes out. Like, 
Yeah, who? I'm not. Uh, who am I lying? Who am I kidding? Like, and I don't even like Mike Myers anymore. He lost all goodwill with me from the Love Guru. Every ounce of it was lost between, actually, between Goldmember and Love Guru. Like between those two movies, I have no goodwill for that. He wants to him, win back. He wants to win back your love. <laughs> but if he wants to win back my love, give me a good Austin Powers four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. All right, so thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really, really appreciate that. Tim, thanks for popping on. Ginny, as always, pleasure. Hey. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you are enjoying the show, please. Oh, wait, let me get to my... Uh, my my thing is without Ed, I'm kind of useless when it comes to doing a lot of this like uh, this tech stuff. So my shtick is I just talk about how bad I am doing it while I set it up. <laughs> uh, so if you like the show, but you're uh, catching us on... Uh, one of the other pages or you're catching us uh, off Facebook, please come on, join the popculturepros.com, uh, join the double O deep dive group on Facebook. Uh, there's always a lot of memes we're sharing, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, you know, just, just a lot of community stuff we're building for the double O seven community. You're at pop, pop, uh, pop culture pros talking too quickly. That happens sometimes. Um, if you've been listening and for some reason you don't like James Bond, but you just like the tone of my voice, then please check out Granny's Peach Tea to get your latest serving of sweet, geeky goodness. This week, we're going Wednesday at 30. We're back in our regular slot for this week, back in the saddle. We're talking Thor Ragnarok, guys. Ooh, I, might, I might have to pop in. Oh, pop in, my friend. What? I rewatched Thor Ragnarok this week, and what a treat it was. <laughs> guys, it's one of my favorite MCU movies. What a treat. Uh, so, you, Ginny? Oh, same. No, same, same. Yeah. I'm excited. We're t- we were just talking about I Thor Love and Thunder. I can't wait. That's the next movie, next big movie to see. That, that is. I'm excited about that. Uh, but this week it's Ragnarok. We're going to be talking two episodes of The Boys. I believe we got an episode of The Flash. We, I know we got an episode of uh, Superman Lois that I got to finish. Uh, and we got new Ms. Marvel, man. We got Kamala yeah. Khan in the flesh in the MCU. We're talking about all of that uh and and more and more i don't know ed, ed comes up with stuff sometimes i come in he's like hey we're talking about this i'm like oh, all right i'll talk about this i don't know i'm just uh killing time while i look for the next thing i gotta plug i got notes guys i got notes um but let's say you don't like you, you don't like you like pop culture but you don't like the, the sound of my voice it's fair uh and you only want to hear it a little bit sometimes Tim, when is what do you do over there at, uh, at the Sith podcast? Uh, we talk everything Star Wars twenty four seven. Got well, you know, join me in the galaxy far, far away. We just got done doing the Obi Wan re- uh, review, which was fantastic. I don't know when we're going to come back with that though. I'm, I said, I'm trying to get on. I'm, I'm trying to focus the show more on uh, like the cosplayers and the tattooers and all that stuff. The the the, the, the freaks. The fellow freaks who like the Star Wars world. I don't want to just do, you know, hey, let's talk about Return of the Jedi for the 17,000th time. So I'm trying to get some people on. Hopefully I have some guests coming up. We're definitely not going to be on this week, but I did just do all six episodes of uh, Obi-Wan with some great guests. Go back and watch those because they were pretty fun. Nice. I'm waiting because I, I do this thing. Unless I do it for the podcast, I wait till everything drops. I play the game of avoiding spoilers. It's kind of part of the fun for me. Oh, good for you. And I, I have no, like, I have gotten this far. I have no idea what happens on that Obi-Wan show. And now that it's said, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to listen wow. to your podcast. Yeah. I, I cried at, the, at that. Uh, ah! I might have had a few drinks, but I did cry. I was just very emotional, and it was very good. I, I On the show, I we were talking about 
that and other things that went on. I'm not going to say nothing, Jason, but I actually got the goosebumps and I showed it right on the camera that my hair was sticking straight up because I was just talking about that, those scenes. So the scene and yeah, it was great. All right. Beautiful. I I, uh, I took my he- my helmet off. I, <laughs> my uh, but no, but I'm, I'm glad that uh, Obi-Wan has been delivering. And if anyone uh, wants to finish Obi-Wan, has gone back and listened to, uh, to Tim uh, shooting the Sith. Uh, we've got backlogs where, you know, hey, don't just support the show by listening to the fresh stuff. Listen to the old stuff, too. That's the old right. stuff needs love. Come the on. Classics. The classics need love, Scott. Come on. Love your daddy. Don't look at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. <laughs> Give your father a hug. <laughs> duck, duck, duck. Sorry, I've been waiting all time to do that. Anyway, uh, but let's say you're not into, uh, you're not into like the pop culture stuff, but you're into sports. Well, we got plenty of stuff here. We had Empire 161 with um, Q Branch, Ed himself, and Lisa, uh, you know, giving us everything Yankee baseball. Uh, so much Yankee baseball, Yankee baseball everywhere in the greens, out of the greens. Is, is, is it clear? I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> but but I know, but but I know if you're a big fan of the Yankees, I know they cover all of the, literally all of the games. I that's I don't even know how he does it. But let's say you don't like the Yankees. Let's say I know you're a Met fan. Um, and I, from what I understand, Tim, you can back me up on this. Met fan, Mets fans, and Yankee fans hate each other. They they go to war. They battle every now and then to the death. I, I don't know. I, I can argue that Mets <laughs> Mets fans hate the Yankees. The Yankees just don't give a shit about the Mets. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 a big difference. It's a big difference. Wow, and if you want the other side of that coin, you got to go to put it in the books where Boss Man Farachi tells us what's what about Mets baseball. Our flagship show, our flagship show. Our flagship. They're they're pushing 200 episodes, man. Are they really? They they were the first show. They've been around a long time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and they know what they're talking about. That's amazing. And, yeah, so, like, so whatever you like, that's that's the beauty of here. If If you like the pinstripes, if you like Queens, whatever you like, it's there, right? We I mean, it. I don't know if you if you want Dallas baseball, I can't help you, but <laughs> but New York baseball, we're here for you. <laughs> um, but all right, but you know, you, uh, maybe you don't like any of that. Maybe, maybe you're a big Disney fan. Maybe you want to listen about Disney, talk about Disney. Skyliner, Skyline reviews, they're here. Uh, I know I've heard some great things about Ashley and her show. <laughs> I know Ginny, you've watched it. Uh, I I know of I I actually like if I had time, I I literally watched like seven to eight hours of content for my two podcasts i have almost no time to do anything outside of it except for get drunk and play skyrim which i (laughs) have to do both on a regular basis but um but if you're a big disney fan check it out she covers movies she covers the parks she covers lore she covers like a lot of disney stuff that i would not have thought would be covered uh you know on a podcast i wouldn't even wouldn't have dawned on me so if you're into disney tune in it's great stuff but possibly you like none of that. Possibly you want everything and nothing at all. You want comedy and drama, tragedy, all of that stuff. Then you want the A to Z show with Eric, co-host with our good friend of the show, Tim, here, uh, where you get everything from Admiral Kirk to Zephyrin Cochran. Who's Admiral? Who's that? I don't know who they are. I like that one. Don't know who Admiral Kirk is? From what? It's not Star Star from Star, Star Wars, Star Trek. Admiral it is Star Wars. He's an admiral. He's he a is captain. At the last, 
He's a captain Admiral. of the show. He's an admiral in the movies. Admiral, Admiral, I'm going to hurt you and keep on hurting you. Admiral. Is it Star Trek? Yes. Yeah. And I've Zephyr seen... Captain is okay. the person who invented warp, 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 uh, warp, warp drive. Speed. Warp yep. speed. Okay. Yeah. You know, Ginny, I've been trying to impress you this whole time, and I get maybe I give the best one I have, and you don't even understand no, the references. There are two. There are there like two people in the world. You're either Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation or your Star Original Star um, Next Generation. Well, also, he, was only, he was only Admiral in two, three, and most of four. What's, to be what's fair, the, what's the one with the fair. whales? Four. He's also Admiral in Four. Generations. Okay, I should know that. We, where he dies, he dies in Admiral, That's and true. yes, in Generations he is. Oh, I'm um, sorry. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> sorry, you know, I was very excited about that one, and now I'm like, I should have saved that for Ed. Ed would have laughed at that. He would have. But it's okay. All right, you know what? You're just making me work harder, Ginny, and that's fine. Um, all right, so that leaves us with the end of our show. Thank you guys for joining us. Join us next week where we are. We're diving in. To the original OG Sean Connery James Bond. We're going to start out with. Um, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> Dr. No. It's one of my favorites. Why yeah. am I blanking on it? We're going to start with Dr. No, the first James Bond movie ever. We're going to work our way through. We're almost done with this deep dive. Uh, thank you very much for joining us and have a great night. Yes, night. Just your sweet tomorrow night, two o'clock. <laughs>